You see, Coach, The Rock's new year was simply electrifying. But what The Rock wants to know is how was your new year? Did you sit at home all day playing pocket pool as you usually do? Or maybe you sit and listen to your favorite artist, some music. You listen to some of The Rock's favorite? There's a little bit of mystical. Is that who you listen Jay-Z, maybe Destiny's Child? Is that who you like, Coach? Who's your favorite? Who? <clears throat> Actually, I like Barry Manilow, Rock. Barry Manilow? You like Barry Manilow? Yeah. You like the Coca, 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 Coca. Is that what you like? You like the Copa? Yeah. I... Well, Copa your ass on out of here, Jabroni. Beat it. Yes, <laughs> a What the rock is cooking? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Woo! I remember all my life. Raining down as cold as ice Shadows of a man A face through a window Flying in the night The night goes into morning Just another day Happy people pass my way Looking in their eyes I see a memory I never realized How happy you make me Oh man, But you came and you came Without taking, but I sent you away, oh man. Then, will you kiss me and stop me from shaking? And I need you today, oh man. Then, one, two, three, four. Standing on the edge of time, I walked away when love was mine. Caught up in a world of uphill climbing. Here's all your minds, and nothing is rhyming, oh man. Everybody, uh, welcome to episode. Uh, I'm gonna guess. Shit, I forgot to ask you what it was, Tim. One eighty-seven. Uh, yeah, I think we're like up to there. I am extremely behind on episodes. I apologize to everybody, but I did use this uh, vacation wisely and edited a lot. So there should be a lot of stuff up now. Uh, go back in time and you know look that shit up. But anyway, tonight we have our best, one of our best podcast huh. buddies. Dano is on the show with us tonight. Hello, Dano. Ahoy, guys. That's Hello, very nice sir. To say. This is why I stopped doing a weekly show is because, yeah, you get so many and it's just, that's so much work. And it's I know. Lee. I try to, you know, I never thought editing would be so time consuming. Yeah. I never thought. And with the job that I have to commute an hour each way to, that only leaves so many hours in a day. And, oh. You know, I like to play video games also. <laughs> that, that sucks. But anyway, how have you been, Dano, sir? I've been great. How are you guys? I did enjoy your latest episode. Well, thank you. So, yeah, the Wayne Gale Variety Hour is back. 
Last time I was on, I thought it was done. I'm full of bullshit. I don't know what I'm doing. So is it gonna is it gonna be like not weekly anymore, or is it just gonna be whenever the hell you want to do it? I thought it was like every six weeks or something. Last time you said on our show, should be one episode every month, probably two. I'm just not gonna say when till they're done. (laughs) I I will highly expect a you and Matt episode of the year end. Well, yeah, we're hopefully gonna do it New Year's Day. So I was gonna say because it wouldn't feel right. Like been listening to you guys for like three years, and that's always the best show. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, well, then that that goes into when are you going to start posting shows again, sir? Me? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> By the time anybody hears this, it'll already be out. Tim doesn't understand how time works. Nope. <laughs> anyway, Dano. You need to like. You need. Is there a college nearby where you can get some sort of like AV intern to just do it for you? I do. If anybody wants to intern for Blood Bass and Boomsticks, you're not going to get paid, but I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, do that. Well, most interns don't get paid. Yeah. Well, no. The, like you could probably dupe someone and get into college credit for it. I need an intern. Well, I was going to say, so, like, make him do it. Yeah, they can do it like I, my show where you just throw in a bunch of shit and have all like the silences edited out and all the ums and uh-huh. and just you know make them do a really good job. Like fuck it. One of the <laughs> coolest gonna thing, work. One of the coolest things I ever got to do was uh, intern for a podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, yeah. got to direct uh, interns. Uh, basically, I became a assistant director during uh, the movie. I. I believe we even talked a little bit about it last week or the week before severe injuries yeah and i was the movie i played a woman in and Wait they a had... you play a woman in every movie too. <laughs> <laughs> uh they had a at that time a bunch of interns showed up well students like uh, dana was saying they were looking uh to go out from the tom savini school when it first started here in manesson outside of pittsburgh they were told part of the, their semester grade the one year, go out and find independent productions. Well, Mike Watt and Amy knew a bunch of them, and they came there, and they actually made me in charge of about four or five students the one day, and I had to direct them in coming up with a face burn thing uh, effect. effect. Yeah, for the movie, because they were going to burn somebody's face on the oven. Nice. And got to direct them, and it was the coolest thing. Like, one of the coolest things I ever got to do, because I'm telling these, like, these people are like, yep, uh, we gotta do whatever the hell you say. And I was like, awesome! <laughs> just yeah. like, find me yingling. Yeah, that's basically how it started. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it does work that way. You don't get paid, but yeah, you do get credit, and it's really cool. I'll hear a lot of times, even to this day, I'll still hear about, uh, Tom Savini's students out there doing stuff like that nice well dano uh what have you been watching sir oh boy did you take uh <laughs> i think you took an advantage of the same thing i took with the big oscar leaks <laughs> uh, I, about this, but we're going to we i drove to the theater a lot yeah, yeah and, me too. Uh, <laughs> and, and later when we talk about the hateful eight the three of us all piled into a car and drove to the one theater showing 70 millimeter that well, can, between all three of us somewhere yep, can, in Lake Michigan. Can I ask Ian's, uh, can I ask Ian's about, uh, did you read the story? I guess it's happened once or twice out in LA now. The 70 millimeter of Hateful Eight not working. Yeah, I did read that. 
Okay. Yeah. I think, it's... That, I think it just boils down to you had a projectioner that didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Yep. I don't think there was a big story there or anything. Just some dummy, probably an intern. But no, I, I have a lot of friends who are all going to it, and uh, my co-host of the show, Matt, is just like feeling awful peer pressure of being at home with his kid because he's like, everyone's getting to see it on seventy millimeter. So, you know, people are. It's, it's made like a million and a half dollars or something like that. Some kind of insignificant number, pretty big for just showing like twice a day. Yeah, I'm taking my dad to see it, but it's in. There's no seventy millimeter showing in Indiana, but gonna take my dad to see it next week. Uh, already, yeah, he's but, like, I don't care, I want to see it, and I'm like, you're, you're not gonna like it, Dad. It's, it, it, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll save this for later. Yeah, but anyway, uh, so I, I have been in a glut of Oscar bait. Mm. Uh, most of it is biopics. Yes, we get screeners. Yeah, and uh, I just want to just go through them quickly because otherwise we'll be here for another nine hours, like last time. But <laughs> <laughs> your point. Uh, I watched Steve Jobs. Which I was kind of excited for because I like Aaron Sorkin who wrote it, but it was fucking terrible. Mm. It was like a bunch, it was basically like half hour before he gives a big presentation at three points in his life. And it's him just killing time and people just like coming up and saying, hey Steve Jobs, here's what happened to Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs. And then him going, oh I'm Steve Jobs, I better deal with that Steve Jobs. And then. This is Fassbender as Steve Jobs, right? Yeah. And he, he, doesn't like. I feel so bad for Ashton Kutchner that he got cast in the bad Steve Jobs movie because he would have been perfect. He looked like him. Uh, he sounded like him. Like if you watched that Steve Jobs documentary, like Fassbender was just doing American accent Fassbender. Like it is pretty pretty bad. <laughs> the Fassbender way, basically. Why can't yeah. we just get another movie of him hunting down Nazis as Magneto? Yeah, but like, I mean, obviously he was cast like literally like a couple of weeks before they started filming and. So they just needed a name at that point. So whatever. Sounds like he's one of those guys that's up for something like that. Just hey, we got a. I heard on your show he's going to be an Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I didn't know anything yeah. about that, and I'm just like, wow, that dude. Uh, that's just a paycheck for that guy, probably. Yeah. You know, X Men. That uh, what other crap he does. Uh, Prometheus. Yeah, his head. Did a guy. He. That's a dude who's just cleaning up as much as he can, as fast as he can. And good for him. Yeah, hey, I'm not going to begrudge him that. Uh, I'll do these in ascending order of bad to good. Uh, Spotlight, the story of child molesting priests as uncovered by people who work for the newspaper. Oh, I remember this this trailer. With Michael Keaton and and uh, other people. Rachel McAdams. I don't know. It's, it's exciting as it sounds. Yeah, it sure <laughs> does look exciting. Uh, you know, uh, do you like to be reminded for two hours the world is a horrible place? Well, there you go. <laughs> Not in particular. They, they even, they even take a, you know, five minute sidetrack, uh, to remind you 9-11 happened. You know, it's, it's, it's really great. It's oh, great. Oh man, what? Are they trying to guilt trip you into fucking Oscar votes or something? Is yeah, it's no, yeah, it's ter- I hated it. It was awful and very long and, and just excruciating. Uh, on on my letterbox, I have it ranked below Wormwood, Road of Dead, Road of the Dead. So, <laughs> uh, and then I saw Bridge of Spies. As did was, I. Which was I don't know how'd you feel about it. It took me three times to get through. Not that it was yeah. a boring movie, but um, just because I, I was trying to watch it at like four o'clock, fell asleep, and tried to watch it at six o'clock in the morning, I just kept falling asleep. Yeah, uh, it, it is kind of boring, but it was interesting. Like, I think that story is interesting. 
But you sure. know what? I've I've had enough of this Steven Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> I want, like, it was the it was the most Spielbergy thing ever. Just yeah. Just I don't know. It, it was it was really just Lincoln light. Mm-hmm. People speechifying and the camera just tracking along and moving in every shot and just it uh, it was it was just heat. Eh, it was well made, well acted, but nothing going on. I didn't care. And nobody, nobody else went to see it. I think me and you were the only two people in the world that have seen that movie. Yeah, no, it was showing that there's a there's a theater by my house that just shows like one movie, and it always shows an independent movie, and it always picks it always picks the wrong horse. It <laughs> backed Bridge of Spies for like four weeks. And I don't think there was ever more than three cars in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, uh, whatever. Eh, eh, eh. One of those movies. Um, and then finally, I watched The Walk. I'm going for a walk! I did not watch that one. And I I don't know. I really like that documentary a whole lot. I swore to God that guy fucking died. No. I swore he died. Well, maybe. No, he's still alive, so no. No, I, I, sw- I can't remember where I saw it, but I don't know. Maybe I just made it up. I swore to God that guy fell off that fucking tightrope and died. <laughs> no. Nope. I'd see that trailer at the movie, and whoever I was with, I'd be like, spoiler alert, that dude dies. Nope, turns out I'm the dumb jackass. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Yeah, no, there's a whole, yeah, no. That, that, the, the documentary about him is, like, starring him and is kind of a, a recreation documentary, which is why it's weird they made this movie, because they had to recreate a lot of footage for that documentary. So it's like, they already made the movie. But, I don't know, it was it was good, it was breezy, it was Robert Zemeckis, it was... Special maybe, effects. It, it's, been, it's just been a, a winter of middling efforts by people. By Spielberg, by Zemeckis, by Quentin Tarantino, by just everybody. Just, oh, just, whatever. I went to work this year. Fine. It, I don't know. It's okay, but... Gotta eh. keep those lights on, man. Gotta f- keep that food in your belly. It's, the whole, the whole thing with the World Trade Centers is, like, they just basically, I think, got the template for Peter Jackson's King Kong of New York and just mm. put in more modern buildings, painted over it, and... Uh, it, it looks neat. It's fun to look at. I heard, I hate Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and he was fine in it. That's exactly why I was staying away from it. I can't stand that guy either. And they make him wear a wig. That's really weird. And they make him have blue eyes, I think, digitally. And I also think they're messing with his face somehow to try to make him look more like the real guy. It's just... The whole thing, like... I know... I, I watched the thing on YouTube where they were actually filming in Paris and filming in New York, and... But I still feel like even the footage of them doing behind-the-scenes things was created in a green room. Like, nothing about that movie felt real at all. It, I read on YouTube, Joseph Gordon-Levitt learned a tightrope tight walk for this in, like, you know, eight hours, and he was never he was never not walking on a green floor. There was no tightrope walking in this movie, ever, at all. So it's just like, there was no sense of danger, no sense of 
of suspense. If you, you know, if he wants a sense of suspense, go look at actual footage of the guy doing it in the great documentary, Man on Wire. But if you want to watch something with your mom on Christmas Day, even though that's all over, but next year, watch yep. this movie. <laughs> that seemed exactly like something mom would want to see on Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, this is definitely going to be one of those movies that's going to end up playing on cable a lot, I think, because it's just so breezy and heartwarming and, you know, it's the World Fucking Trade Centers. It, the, the whole thing, like, they, they they really do nothing about terrorism, nothing about 9-11, except for literally the last 20 seconds of the movie. Just like, these are beacons that will stand forever! And just, da-da-da, focuses in on them, and spotlight, just like, yeah. Spider-Man's there, and, and, you know. Yeah, so, whatever, that was, that was, that was that movie. That was, that was the four, that was, I, I watched all those in the space of, like, a day and a half. (laughs) I went, yeah, I went, I went crazy for, like, a day and a half also with, well, the Academy sent me a lot of fucking screeners. Yeah, I, our podcasts (laughs) are doing very well this year. I don't know who's, Dick, we suck, but... But I just want to watch one more real quick. Uh, That's because of the ratings. Mm-hmm. The ratings. But one I... Uh, currently standing at number three on my 20... Whatever, 50-some movies I've watched of the year is Sicario. I had trouble with my screener for that. And you helped me out. <laughs> with, uh, I am going to visit my screener tonight. I haven't seen it yet. It's fucking amazing. Everybody go watch that. It's about Mexican drug dealers, correct? Uh, it's about the people who deal with it on our side of the law more so, but it yeah. It looks like, it looks like to me, uh, a good version of that Oliver Stone Savages movie. No, what it is, is it's a good, realistic version of Traffic. Mm. But much less, much more focused than on, like, the entire world. It's just focused on some agents and some other people, and, but it's basically Traffic, the same story, just drugs in America and, but it's 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 real. It's you know the real shit that happens, not the breezy Hollywood phony baloney. Every big star is in it, and yeah. somehow the the somehow the drug czar's daughter is buying drugs from Topher Grace version of it. <laughs> you know, so, it was a simpler but, time. Topher Grace could just hook you right up. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like I said, I haven't ranked number three for the year. It's fucking outstanding and really intense and just thumbs up. All my thumbs are up. Nice. What'd you watch, Tim? Um, I was trying to make sure it didn't miss anything on the reviews I wrote last week. Uh, anyhow, first off, I did see some of those 80s documentaries you were talking about earlier. Yeah, we were watching yeah. those. They were pretty good. Yeah, I don't think I've seen all of them, so I made sure I hit record on my DVR to get all of them tonight so I could check those out. But I have seen some of them. And I think it, who was it? CNN, when they were doing like all the decades, like the eighties, and it would be like five nights, they did, there's a lot of the same stuff in those. Yeah, this is uh, a more serious version of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was gonna say that. And plus two, uh, VH1, a couple years ago, did a lot of these too. Not, not just, uh, uh, the flat, like how they did the flashback years where each, they spent an hour on each year. They did, uh, some kind of special too on a lot of these. So I think that's where some of them overlap and everything. But, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Watching those, uh, waiting to watch the pit game tomorrow because Steelers coach proved once again he's a complete idiot. And I knew there was a reason I didn't want to watch the game today. Did they end up getting beat? Yes, they did. They lost 20 to 7. So that crushes their playoff hopes, right? 
No. Oh, so, okay. They can still make it if they beat Cleveland and Denver loses. Oh, so I got to root for Cleveland and, and Cincinnati it, next week. And if Jets lose la- next week, if the Jets and the Steelers finish with the same record, Steelers are in. Okay. Jets just happen to beat the Patriots for some godforsaken reason. What movie are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this is our NFL section. Yeah, oh, we oh, oh, all right. Yeah, uh, but I, going back to the coach, and like I said again today, this is the reason why I didn't pay attention to the game. Even though they've played great the past couple of weeks, uh, a Tiger doesn't, you know, a Tiger doesn't change his spots. You know, it's one of those things. And Mike Tomlin will never change. When it comes to a shitty team, we must play down to them and refuse until it's too late to start passing the ball. Everybody, Cleveland. everybody forgot Roethlisberger passed for 600 freaking yards last year against Baltimore. Baltimore doesn't have a quarterback. They don't have a running back. Let's play like it's the AFC North from the early 90s again. And let's play like there's four feet of snow on the ground, even though it's 65 out. <laughs> this is the problem. Overthink the game, and you will lose every time. And Tomlin made sure this is why he will never win another Super Bowl and will waste another season in the prime of Roethlisberger's career to, like today's game. And part of me wants Cleveland to win next week. Just so Pittsburgh can shut up. I'm down with that. You know that. I it just it bothers me. They wasting the talent. I knew the defense sucked, but it just, dude, let that offense play. Best offense in at least two decades of any NFL team, and you still have a coach that gets in the way of, you know, a good thing, and he does it every time. Plays down to crappy talent, and he did it again today, and that's why I won't be surprised he does it again next week. But anyhow, let's move on, because Dano, I want Dano to be with us. <laughs> Speaking of child molesting, how does Tim Gross feel that Jerry Grandusky's going to get $211,000? Oh, yeah. You know what? This is how screwed up this system is, and you know what? The people of Penn State, okay? I know a... I have, I have a good friend. His uncle is a huge Penn State fan. He is reasonable. He understands. Yes, Sandusky needed to go away. He will argue, you know, Paterno. He will argue some of the points, but he understands why Penn State went on probation and all that stuff. Everybody knows. But he's with me on this. The guy's a child molester. He's a molester. He's a child molester. That dude should not be paid his, uh, what is it, his retirement fund it, while he's in jail. He's been proven time and time again. Why does, why does rich people get off? I don't understand this. This dude should have been shot in the face. Because now it's costing the state of Pennsylvania $211,000 is going to his family because the son of a bitch one some kind of loophole in a court case it is bullshit isn't there a rule where you're not well no i guess it's i guess there's a law 
that they passed after like uh, one of the some serial killer was selling his paintings in prison where you're not allowed to profit off of your crimes. So yes. shouldn't they take that money and donate it to like the Boys and Girls Club or something like yes, that? Yes, they should. You you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, that should happen. They should because <laughs> here's the problem. This is much deeper than what it is. It's a big wormhole we're falling out. Yes, out this is like the Resident Evil and Mothra thing. There is going to be people out there that are Penn State fans and think, oh, Joe Paterno knew nothing. Bull fucking shit. That old piece of shit is just as bad as of a child molester as Sandusky was because he's seen it. He knew about it but didn't say anything, and he still – to the day he died, claimed, oh, I had no right to say nothing or I didn't have any authority. Dude, you ran a small town. You were basically, uh, you were the walking tall guy without anybody saying anything. He owned State (laughs) College. Now that's a movie I can get behind. Yeah, I was going to say, Tim's rant was better than all of Spotlight, so. (laughs) It just, uh, it it drives me nuts because there's, that's that min- minority of Penn State fans it think Joe Paterno did no wrong. Here, let me pitch you this idea, Tim, because I just got a great idea. And I just think people should go to Paterno's grave and pee on his grave every day. <laughs> Here's my idea. Here's our new movie. Joe Paterno comes back from the dead, possessed by the soul of Buford, Buford T. Pusser, played by The Rock, and just goes around the country pelting child molesters with a wooden board. That'd be fine. Okay, that's that's our next movie. Okay. Someone okay. contact Tristan Arley Martin and Pee in Your Butt Productions. <laughs> yes, there you go. Uh, but besides all my drinking I've been doing the past few days, uh, my liver finally gave up. Told me <laughs> you got to take a break today, buddy. Uh, <laughs> literally, because <laughs> there was like four of us and we went through two cases of beer just Christmas night alone. Jesus Christ! Did you watch Faces of Death? No, we didn't. But I, it, it was warm enough where I was drinking beer on my front porch and new neighbors moved in next to me and they were feeding me, uh, smoked barbecue wings. Oh man, what happened to your odd ass neighbor that I wanted she to She is in now Binoxley Bin- uh, or whatever stupid southern town is in Mississippi. You can tell I can't. Biloxi? Yes, it's a Pittsburgh thing. I can't say Damn. it. Damn. What's up, Tim's hot ass neighbor? I wanted to bang you. Yes, uh, she and her boyfriend are now oh, there man, because they're getting paid like twice as much as they were here at a casino. So now they're making like a hundred and twenty thousand dollar. But anyhow, she was hot, uh, you know. That's, uh, anyhow, you. Let's, let's talk. You wouldn't just movie. say these things on a podcast to anyone. No. <laughs> uh-uh. Actually, I was gonna say uh, Christmas drinking related. I have a friend who told me that at her family Christmas party, everyone got so drunk that one of their aunts fell and hit her head and bashed it open, and it bled for two hours before anyone did anything. Damn. That's drinking at Christmas. Damn right. Shit, me and Dad went through Me and Dad went through a whole bottle of fucking Crown Maple, and I hate that shit. Yeah. That's, that's bad news there, buddy. It was Christmas drinking that like I show up and Dad's got the kitchen tore apart because he knows there's a bottle of Crown Maple in there somewhere. And he can't find it. So he just goes to town and buys another one. Like I said, I have a couple of those Christmases where I did Jägermeister and slept two hours. And I felt the greatest in my life. And one of the wife's brothers was not allowed to drink with me for about a year and a half. Because Uh all he did was puke all during Christmas. 
<laughs> all over their bed and all over their apartment. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's just like I slept two hours. I don't know how I did it, but I woke up and I felt like I, I literally felt like somebody shot adrenaline into my heart. Like I had no headache, no nothing. It was the greatest day. Like I, that was the greatest day I've ever felt. But there's another Christmas where the wife and I and the same brother and his girlfriend sat there and played Uno until like four o'clock in the morning. And the wife who is supposed to be the reasonable one tells me, you got to drive them home because all of them are completely blasted out of their mind. And I was like, this is the person that always tells me I'm supposed to give her the keys. (laughs) And she's telling me to drive them home. (laughs) I was like, that's not good. But yeah, like I said, I'm just starting to ramp up watching, catching up on newer movies, doing that kind of stuff right now because I'm off for many days. So that's that's like what I'm going to be doing is just watching movie after movie. So let's talk about it. Watch The Prince of Darkness Blu-ray, which is fucking beautiful. I have got to get that. Uh, Kyle, yes. And I, I wanted to get a little bit into this Blu-ray just because, yes, it doesn't have a ton of extras, but... Well, we've said it before, I don't think a movie like that has a lot of stuff that was left over. I think everything was on that screen. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. had a six-minute deleted beginning, which basically it leaves a few things out that, that actually play on TV. It's kind of like Halloween 2. It, it it adds a little bit to the movie, a little bit of dialogue, different things go on, and it's at the beginning of the movie. Uh, but also, too, uh, the John Carpenter interview. To me, yes, I know a lot of people like this, but there's been very few and far where Carpenter has actually talked about how much he's liked Prince of Darkness. And I always heard there was always that one story out there that Carpenter, because Prince of Darkness didn't do well, we know a lot of Carpenter's films didn't do well. But Prince of Darkness didn't do well, and it kind of like, I guess he'd never talked about it too much. Well, in this, he just talks, he glowingly talks about Prince of Darkness, which amazed me that he does. And as much as I like the Day Live commentary, I think I might actually like the Prince of Darkness one just a little bit more. Is this a new one, or is this the old one from the Laserdisc that had, like, John Carpenter and Peter Jason... It had it had Peter Jason, but this sound a lot newer. Okay, because I have that old one. They, uh, one of the Profondo Cinema guys sent me an MP3 of that, and it's really good. Yeah, this sounded newer, like done in the past like three years. Oh, cool. So, but it was him and Peter Jason, and Peter Jason one is literally the comic relief of it. But two, Carpenter really got into basically. Hey, yeah, a lot of my movies didn't perform well. And he gets into about people finding them on VHS. This was like the happiest I've ever heard Carpenter in my yeah. life. Cool. It, in, well, when people get old and they're nearing death, they begin to give up and not care. So Yeah, but even before he was old, you would see interviews with that dude. And that dude was bitter at times, smoking away on his cigarettes. Just like, yeah, Hollywood doesn't want me. Fuck him. Fuck him. It's just like he and you understood, but he he really would not answer questions uh, when it came to the thing and stuff like that. Here he's sitting there joking about, yeah, maybe we'll do Prince of Darkness too. You know, it just nah, I don't want nah. It's like really you're gonna joke about this stuff now. It's like 
it just it was uh, it was nice to hear him <laughs> sit there and for once out of all the interviews I've always read with him, most of them are very negative. You know, when it comes to him looking over his career, and it was nice to sit down and listen to him. Not, you know, we all know about the BS with Hollywood, but it was nice to not hear that. It's him talking all about Prince of Darkness. Good, because the only thing he's ever said, like, there's not a lot of info on that movie. I think he give it well. Big he, fans of that fucking. Movie. Yeah, he gives a lot, not only in the interview, but in the commentary with Peter Jason. He gives a lot. Anything you ever wanted to know, he talks about in these two segments on the Blu-ray. Good. He. It's just, it was really cool to not only hear him glowingly talk about the film, but talk about this was something he always wanted to do, and how he came up with the idea, which I never heard, which was great, because he was reading books on quantum mechanics and stuff like that, yeah, and quantum physics. Yeah, out of his fucking mind in a bookstore. Yeah, and literally just wrote the script for Prince of Darkness within a couple of days. And it just, that amazes me, and just listening to him talk about it but not only that he shares some great stories and so does peter jason about donald pleasance nice which was funny because it's great they talk about how of a great actor he is but also they sit there and basically every second donald pleasance is really his face is not on screen he's trying to make everybody laugh and it's like i've never heard that stuff it's like, that is cool stuff. It's another layer of Donald Pleasance. He was already one of the coolest people that I never got to meet and always wanted to. But just to hear that, that's really cool stuff. But like I said, Dana, I don't know if you're a fan of Prince of Darkness. But I believe we did one of the greatest Prince of Darkness commentaries ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> don't you remember, Tim? You were there. Oh, Jesus. I forgot. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, we do so many commentaries I just know we do like, like seven. <laughs> no, I'm saying we've done them with other people, and the only commentary that ever sticks in mind, besides you screaming about Cannibal Holocaust, oh, that was bad news, is GI Joe guy in Megaforce. Oh, pew 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 guy. <laughs> yeah, pew pew guy. Outside of him, my brain goes to mush. <laughs> Because I couldn't stop laughing at Pew Pew Guy. <laughs> but anyhow. Pew like Pew said, Guy was better than Megaforce. <laughs> Never watched Megaforce, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like I said, um, the Blu-ray is amazing. Uh, John Carpenter, if you're a John Carpenter fan, don't walk, run, get online, buy your Blu-ray. Uh, it's well worth it. Um, Shout Factory did a wonderful job. It looks beautiful. Um, especially because I had that very old DVD of it. Yeah, me too. I still got that. Yeah, not that it was horrible, but literally it was like, Well, there's hey, nothing to it. There's nothing yeah, there's there. nothing to it. We recorded this off of Skinamax. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. But it is definitely an upgrade. Everybody go out. Go check it out. But anyhow, let's move on. I found a movie called Hybrid. And it's basically about a... Russian underground facility that these mercenaries break into and basically they find out they've been doing DNA testing from meteor, ro- uh, meteor rocks and for the most part, uh, 
this little alien type guy with a thousand eyeballs on his face decides he's going to start killing people. He sees a way out and the mercenary lets him out. It's weird. It's Russian. Um, it wasn't bad, but they spend way too much t- time talking. Like you knew. So Quentin Tarantino directed this. <laughs> no, no. Um, it would have been better if it was. It just, this, it, it's one of those concepts. I always love sci-fi movies and stuff like that, but it's one of those concepts because this movie is only like a year old that I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sci-Fi Channel said, hey, we are looking for this type of movie. Somebody made the movie and Sci-Fi Channel was even like, um, yeah, that's not that good. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, moving on, watch Bone Tomahawk, which we're going to get into later. I enjoyed. I already had a few conversations on Facebook with people about it. Uh, had a movie sitting in my pile. Like I said, I'm getting into other movies I want to watch. Watched Blood Frenzy. Have you ever seen a movie called Blood Frenzy? Nope. Is this the David Hess director directed in the woods slasher? No, that's Blood Count. Body Count, I'm sorry. Nope, never seen Blood Frenzy. Wait, is it about Killer Monkey? No, it is not. Okay, never seen it. Uh, first off, when I went to look for the trailer for Blood Frenzy, I found another movie and possibly another cool dude that's going to upload a bunch of weird, exotic 80s crap onto YouTube. I needed another one of those guys because I found a trailer for a shark movie that looks horrible, but I want to watch called Blood Moon. So, <laughs> but anyhow, Blood Frenzy is a kind of a, uh, I don't know if you guys would remember, the cover is actually a jack-in-the-box all in blood on the cover. And it's still not out, it's not out legitimately, it is still only out on VHS, but, you know, cause since I have out of print Dan, this movie is in my collection. Why? Because it has to be. And it's basically a therapist takes six of her patients out in the middle of the desert for no other apparent reason to do therapy with them, and they start getting picked off one by one. And it's kind of bloody. First, I'd say... What's that? This is a bloody and frenzy EE? No, but they do make wow. a point to, like, by the end of the movie to be like, you must be in a blood frenzy! Yes, it's, titular! <laughs> just like, the first hour of the movie is them having therapy, and then the last 25 minutes is just everybody getting their head chopped off and shit like that. It's, it was basically somebody said, okay, we want to make a movie, we have $10,000, 7,500 is gonna go to the blood and effects, 2,500 is gonna go to water, and we're just doing it in one location, and that's basically what it is. They drove out to the desert and made a 90 minute movie there in one location. I'm looking at the video box right now, and it does have like a bloody jack in the box, and it says, Blood Frenzy. Hal Friedman, whoever the fuck that is, He's made a few slasher films, okay. actually. It says, Hal Friedman presents a masterpiece of spine-tingling horror and mind-bending suspense. Seven people walked into a private hell, and no one is walking out. <laughs> there is no suspense. You're just waiting for that person to show up to start killing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is no suspense, but of course it's an 80s movie, and I need to see it. Uh, again, watch The Hateful Eight. We're going to talk about that. I really enjoyed that. But also, too, I finally sat down and watched Insidious 3, a.k.a. Chapter 3, and um so glad it's a prequel. I was kind of bored with it. I don't know about you guys. I, I That was one, like, Bridge of Spies. I, you know, I've tried three times to watch that and just fall asleep every time. I'm not going to try anymore. 
I watched it. I stayed with it. Um, I, I, I like the other two. I was just like, um, I would have rather you do another sequel than do a prequel. I was just like, I didn't think you had to explain Lin Shay's char- uh, character in it. Excuse me. Well, they gotta get that connected universe going on. Uh, now that they have, universe. now that they have the Conjuring and fuck that universe. <laughs> They've got all fuck the rights that, to those people. Fuck that universe guys. hard. Yeah. If anything, Annabelle should have set that on flames. Well, as soon as that came on, they should have knew. We fucked it all up. But without Annabelle, we wouldn't have Bryce running around in an Annabelle mask at Cinema Wasteland. That's about the only thing it's worth. <laughs> it's the only thing that came good out of that movie. Yeah, it's about the only thing that was good about that movie. But that's what I've watched so far, besides watching some Christmas specials and stuff. And so you watched some Emma Otter Jug Band Christmas. That's yes, I did. I did watch that also, sir. That is a mandatory watch at my house since I was like age six. I finally got to sit down and watch that completely, so it's been a good 30 years since I've watched that all the way through. Okay, well, let's talk about my screener watching activities over the week. Uh, Dano, uh, I finally I got to watch The Revenant, which you helped me uh, on. Yes, I have not seen it yet. Uh, it's very, very uh, long, very long. Well, that was the thing. After Hateful Eight, I was like, I don't know if I need another yeah. three hours. Is is this the movie that... This is the Leonardo gets murdered by a bear movie. Okay, because there's a lot of people out there on Facebook basically saying this is the movie that everyone should see. It is pretty good. Okay. But I think uh, the story takes a backseat to the visuals, which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, man, they filmed that movie and they are in the backwoods mud butthole of the earth. And it really looks like they're on another fucking planet. Nice. It looks fucking, it's amazing. The bear attack is, it's CG, but goddamn, it's real good CG. But the bad thing is, man, I love Tom Hardy. But I don't think the man can speak English. <laughs> like, Tom Hardy could be the best actor of all time if he could just enunciate. And this this movie, he puts on like this thick, thick, like Kentucky accent that's just, man, holy cow. It, it's, it's real hard to understand what he's saying. Which, you know, I like Tom Hardy. He didn't say a lot in Fury Road. Didn't need to. Uh... He did. He, he kind of talked in like this stunted mumble in the drop, yeah. which which is a good fucking movie. And you know, I think he's great. He just, man, that guy needs to talk, <laughs> speak English. <laughs> I'm not sure where he's from. Is he English? Yeah. Okay, I wasn't for sure. I thought he might be Australian, which would have made him the next Vernon Wells. But damn it, I didn't think English made big people like that. I thought they were all like. Stick people. <laughs> I didn't think they came that beefy. Um, what else did I watch? I watched uh, In the Heart of the Sea, another screener. Oh, I can't believe nice. I loved it. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I thought it was real fucking good, dude. Right. I just know it was. I just remember seeing trailers like last year. It was supposed to be out in March or something, and it's got some real hokey, not sci-fi channel hokey CG, but. It's got some, like, that real high-end Hollywood hokiness CG. 
where it kind of tricks your brain that it, yeah. you know, you're seeing whales and stuff, but you know, you sit back and you look and you're like, man, that's bad CG. But still, you know, Thor fighting a whale is pretty awesome. Ron Howard knows how to direct a movie. But it, it's it's not Moby Dick, right? It's no, like Herman it's, Melville. It's Herman Melville goes to meet um the fat guy from Newman. No, uh, twenty eight days later, the fat dude that lived up in the apartment that kind of helped them out. Oh, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, he goes to meet him, and that's like old age Thor. So when Thor gets old, he gets fat and turns into Brendan Gleeson. Sure. And he's telling him the story, and it's all filmed through flashbacks. Okay. But it's I I loved it. I thought it was really fucking good, and I was shocked to learn. Like I put it out on Facebook. I thought I was the only one who wanted to see that movie, and it turned out no, a lot of people did. And just it, it got shit on by you know Star Wars, just fucking edged it right out of the goddamn theater. And yeah. it's 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 a fucking fantastic movie. It's it's real good. It goes into how like um, uh, he Thor is the first mate, which is like second in command of the boat, and he's promised by this big company that. He's got his own command of a boat, but he has to do this one last, you know, job to go out and get 2,000 barrels of whale oil. And the the captain of the boat is some guy who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's just got the right last name. And how they don't get along, I thought that was really interesting. And yeah. it, it, It's a shipwreck movie, too, kind of, which is cool. Uh, well, I don't know. You, you're selling me on it. Like I, everything I have lined up to watch is just kind of except for like Creed is just sort of boring stuff. So well, we'll talk about Creed in a minute. But this sounds. I don't know. You're making me want to watch it. So good job. In the heart of the city, <laughs> it goes full Jaws four, where a uh, whale becomes like a stalk, like a slasher. <laughs> it stalks them. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Does and... it end with with Thor flashing back to Roy Scheider? And oh, then him no. pulling the trigger? No, unfortunately, no. Damn it. There's Mario Van Peebles in it. No, neither is Michael Caine. Unfortunately, doesn't hit him with a plane. I'm no longer interested. Well, uh, that would have been a cooler ending. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, not a strong ending, but I'm not going to ruin it. It is worth a watch. Uh, I did watch Creed. Uh, man, you know, I have no stake whatsoever in the Rocky movies. Like, yep. I- I've seen Rocky 1 and 2. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen three. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them since I saw four in the theater. So. Yeah, I've seen Rocky four like a million fucking times, but what kid from the 80s hasn't? Rocky five was interesting to me only because, like, I remember the bad guy, Tommy Gunn, was, he was like a real legit boxer guy. Like, he was supposed to be the next dude. Uh, he was supposed to be really good. And then on the night, I remember this happening, on the night of his first fight, that was going to be on HBO. Uh, he was he got discovered it was he was HIV positive, and they canceled the fight. They were like, mm. uh, "We we can't do this. You, you're HIV yeah. positive. This can't go on." And that that was it. That was he was done. Yep. And you know, six was pretty good. Man, Creed will tear your fucking heart out, dude. It will make you sad. Like I didn't think. It goes to show you, man, Stallone's the real deal. He's not just a meathead idiot. You yeah. Know, he's, he's just, he's a really good actor when, you know, when he's not doing like meathead roles, like Copland or something like that. Yeah. Dude can act, 
dude can fucking write a goddamn movie. And he's just great. It's, it's, I never thought, like, it really took me aback. It fucking made me sad. But the way nice. they go around the fight is kind of cool. Uh, you know, the kid is Apollo Creed's dad, who, he, he doesn't want to be, like, baby Creed. He wants to make it on his own, so he goes and finds Rocky, and they go and train, and it's just a really good fucking show. Nice. Uh, watch that. Watch the newest episode of Evil Dead. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I was planning on watching it tonight after the podcast. Have you been watching the Evil Dead, Dano? Oh, very much so. Uh, what do you think? I think it's uh, pretty great. It's I don't know what they're gonna do. They have one left, so it's they got a lot to wrap up. I was I don't know. I was telling Matt like if they don't like before episode eight, I was telling him if they don't start killing off these sidekicks, this is gonna be some pretty weak sauce. And then they did, and it's like yeah, you knew those three kids showed up. They were just fucking bait. They were just fodder. Well, no, not them, but the oh. the you know the the Pablo. Whatever. Pablo and Kelly and uh, the black lady, like I, I like you knew some of them. They they had to start dying. I like this. The Evil Dead is about Bruce Campbell. And uh-huh. As soon as you get to the the cabin, and even you said, you know, everybody comes here dies. So just just so you know, like they really have to. Yeah, I'm I'm glad they're up in the ante and just no one's really safe and yeah. it's good stuff. I I think a lot of that show, like the first two episodes were good, and then the rest of the the whole series kind of sucked. Until they got to the cabin, and then it went off the rails fucking good. Like, the last episode, I think eight, it made it made a little crocodile tear come to my eye. Oh, yeah, eight is the best one of the whole season so yeah. far, I think, aside from the first one. But. Like, it just, all the rest of those ones, it just feels like a bad cover album of The Evil Dead. Like, if The Evil Dead was a band, this is a really bad cover song of their best I, stuff. I think what's weird about it is that it feels like, I don't know, every episode is so quick and breezy. It feels like the show should yeah. be an hour long, That's but it's exactly not. That's exactly what we say. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it feels like there's just scene missing, you know? It, it's just so quick and... I don't like it because once it gets going, it's over. Yeah, exactly. Yep, been saying that. Which, I think next season I, I'll just tape it and watch it all. I know that'll be hard to do, but I think it'll go better that way. I don't know. I'm I'm really starting to get the feeling though that what the, they're building towards next season is going to be kind of Army of Darknessy. Mm. I don't because like I, apparently Army of Darkness they're not allowed to reference or discuss because right. of rights. But like you know the the movie ends with him getting sucked into a portal. I have a feeling the season's going to end with some sort of portal. Maybe it won't be Army of Darkness, but. I have a feeling a portal is upon us. Nah, because we spoke of Army of Darkness earlier in the season, and Kyle was telling me, uh, you remember that, Kyle, that you were saying they got... Yeah, when he was talking about how he brought the, you know, he got stoned and read the book on accident. You know, you could have just, like, mentioned Army of Darkness by just having one line of dialogue saying, yeah, I uh, got so stoned once, I even think I've traveled back in time, but I'm not for sure. Yeah, because yeah. I found out that uh, Dano supposedly Dino, the the state of Dino De Laurentiis or whatever owns enough or the rights to Army of Darkness that they were going to sue them. That's terrible. If, if they would get into the storylines yeah. of that. But I'm just saying though that you, you know if this movie gets people to go back to watch Evil Dead Two or whatever, I'm gonna... with you. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're gonna see him flashing into a portal, and I just think they're you know they got to do something with season two. It's gotta 
Are they just going to keep driving around, <laughs> killing things? Like, Yeah, I don't think uh, showing a portal would be enough to get them in trouble. Yeah, no, because that's totally evil. That's Dead the too. end that's of all. part two, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they don't. Ha- it doesn't have to be old knights and stuff. <laughs> it could be something different, but you haven't seen it, Tim, yet, but I have a feeling with what's introduced in season episode nine is is leading towards, you know, origins and all that, and that's going to have to get into time travel. Yeah, which is fine. In uh, I would not be surprised if they would, just for the mere reason they are shooting in New Zealand. Uh, they are doing the stuff they used to do on Hercules. and. At this yeah. point, can we just call New Zealand Middle Earth? <laughs> it look like it. But yeah, I mean, that's where they did all the episodes there and did it cheaply and all that fun stuff, so it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah, I I wish um, I could watch these last three episodes as, like, all all three together. Yeah. But they are just getting so fucking good. They finally got, like, even though it's not Sam Raimi, they they finally got Evil Dead 2 right. And it, it, it makes my cold, bitter heart a little happy. Yeah. It just, I knew when, I, I'm not in, I'm not into Kelly. Kelly can die for all I give a fuck. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But Pablo. Well, she's the one that, Pablo. I think she's going to just because they've already established Pablo's got some deeper mystic thing to him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and the girlfriend that always dies or gets possessed in the Evil Dead films. Yep, right, as Ash is gonna get him some loving. Boom. Yeah. Demon possession happens. But yeah, it's getting so good. What else did I watch? Uh, I think that might be it. You might be, you know what, Kyle? Have that you, is it. Have you read? It's a small minority again, but there is people, horror movie fans, starting or so-called Evil Dead fans creeping up on uh, Facebook and Twitter, talking about they're not liking the Ash versus Evil uh, Ash versus Evil Dead uh, show right now. Well, you know what? I feel fans like that wouldn't have liked it no matter what it was. Yeah. Yeah, there's I mean, pe- there, it's starting to creep up. People are talking about how much they do not like the as, series. As, yeah, fuck that. I mean, the only complaint you can make, about, which is about, you know, as we're going to do later, Star Wars, is like, it's just essentially remaking the Evil Dead. Which, and it's not bringing a whole lot new to the table enough, but, you know, it's I just... I think they're it's expanding just, on the Evil Dead stuff. They are, but it's just, you know, Ash goes to Cabin, fights monsters. Like, that's all it is. That's what I wanted to see. Yeah, exactly. So if, 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 I don't know what people are expecting that would be different, that would be yeah. better. And if it was so different, then they wouldn't like that either. Yeah. So whatever. Yes. Enjoy, enjoy this really good program they've made for you, please. I just, yeah, that's the, if, if it's the only bitch I come away with that show is it needs to be an hour. That's, it's yeah. a very good thing. Yeah, but we're in a society where you're not happy unless you're bitching. Yeah, this is true. Hey, you gotta bitch about something, if not everything. And some people just have that inherent need to stand out from the pack. Whether they agree or not, they're going to like, I hate the new Star Wars just because everybody likes it. And yep. For You know, sometimes I feel like that, but, you know, I definitely kind of, well, that's a good segue. Let's just get into the Star Wars talk, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was my idea. <laughs> let, me, let me say that first. It, I, I watched it. I've only seen it once. I, I'm not sure I'm going to go see it twice. I, okay. I have no... I would like to, but there's nothing, no real pull for me to get back to the theater to see it again for some reason. Um, it, I, I would probably benefit from watching it again, honestly. I, I, I saw it the first time Matt and I went to a 2D screening and like the sound was shitty, so I was like, fuck this. So 
I for sure went and saw it again. I went to a real IMAX screen to see it, and the sound was deafening, and it was gorgeous. What the fuck? You're not the first one that I have heard complain that their their viewing of it, the sound was awful. Yeah, and then mm. Matt, my co-host Matt, even went to a different, totally different theater and was, that had, like, a really nice big screen. He was, like, all excited, and then the sound was just poop there, too, like... I found unless you're going to like a, a fake IMAX, LIMAX or whatever, or even the real one, like it's you're just getting really crappy sound. Like you're not getting the good Dolby anymore for some reason. Like they've really chinsed out on sound. THX needs to step up its game. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I I, it, I watched it. I really liked it, and I still really like it. But it, yeah. there was just something about it that stuck in my craw. And I finally, you know, I don't have a problem at all. With them, you know, for the most part, basically remaking part four. Wow. Yeah. I, I, you know, if you're going to start off somewhere, start off there. Yep. And this whole movie is a great jumping off point for this, yep. for these new ones. Well, you got to reestablish everything again, even no, though I don't everybody... think you do, man. This is Star Wars. Yeah. Everybody. Knows. I mean, oh well, yeah, I know what you're saying there, but I think if you want to draw everybody in, and if you want to get I mean, the Star Wars geeks, a lot of them wanted that. They wanted that reestablished. I think they just wanted it to feel like a Star Wars movie. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, you watch those prequels. Yeah, though, to I me, did today. I watched part two. and To me, outside of the last 20 minutes of that last prequel, none of it feels like a Star Wars movie. Oh, man. Yeah. The last 20 minutes is the worst of part three. No. He's, For he's me, just talking about the part where you see Uncle Owen looking out at the two sons. That's oh, what he means by it feels like okay. a Star Wars. Yeah, it just, you know, you find, you, that was all the, the point. Hey, this is how Darth Vader came to be. That's nice. You could have shown that, like, in a fucking two minute clip instead of three uh, stupid ass movies. Well, let's not get into the prequels, cause everybody knows. Uh, I was trying. just saying, that's all. If I wrote the prequels. <laughs> what would Dano do? This is the one thing I would have done because I'm a genius. Uh, Darth Vader has always been around, and and you think that he's killed Anakin, but actually Anakin, for whatever reason, had to take his place. Oh, so Erico. he's like – it's just like a uh... – Somebody new takes over. Kind of like – Yeah, well, because Obi-Wan says that he killed your dad, and then it's a big surprise it's his dad. Like, well, wouldn't that make sense if just Darth Vader's just always been this dude, and he helped build the Empire and was always there? Like, that eh. – Makes sense to me. Yeah. Makes more sense than some guy just becoming him and not knowing he had two kids and then another guy raising one of the kids and forgetting that there was a second baby named Leia, even though for some reason the mom named it right there and then. Mm. Anyway. We can talk about this all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, something was sticking in my craw and I got to thinking about it. <clears throat> I love the original Star Wars for the bad guys. The, yeah. Besides Han Solo, the bad guys were infinitely cooler, right? Agree? Sure. I, I've seen what you've posted on Facebook a couple of times. I've got a real problem with this Kylo Ren guy. Oh, I think and, he's the best. Oh, I think he's horrible. And I mean, not to say that they're not going to make his character better, which probably are, but we don't have eight and nine to talk about yet. We're talking about seven. He is just the worst whiny emo uh-huh. Temper tantrum throwing. Yeah. That's the point. That's the point. I don't want to, f- that's not bad to me. To me, like, Vader just force choke a bitch. But, okay, but think about it. Like, Luke was the biggest whiny little bitch in the world in A New Hope. 
Anakin was the biggest little whiny bitch for two movies. This guy was the biggest little whiny bitch in the world, and he just took what they did, and and they just replicated it again for a new generation. I but don't like, think that works with emo dudes and hipsters around, man. It's just like, ah, I hate these people in real life. I don't want to see my bad guy like these people. I, I, I just, Man, that Kylo Ren guy just sticks in my craw as just being terrible, terrible bad guy. Like, I, Vader, you are intimidated by Vader from fucking... You know, they got James Earl Jones to do the voice. He fucking promotes that guy three times through three movies because he force choked his fucking superiors to death. This Kylo Ren guy just, he doesn't do anything. He just complains. Yep. Um, at force, his force powers are weird. Um, He's kind of got the force. Well, I guess the force is real weird in this one because it's weird for the girl, too. Um. So yeah. I'm not gonna hold that against him. That that's explainable. I don't know. I just I feel like again he's just he's supposed to be like this, and and he he's not supposed to be like Vader. Like he he looks cool and he looks badass. But uh, I don't like his. He is a whiny little bitch, so he's not imposing. He's just he's just all he's totally a millennial. Millennial. He's all image. He's right. all he's all like oh I know all this shit. I whatever. I killed my my teacher and his the other Jedi's. And, uh. But there. He's all that, nothing, and he knows it. That's why he throws temper tantrums, and he's a little dick. Yeah, but that does not, like, to me, that doesn't make a good bad guy. <laughs> that, that makes, like, a guy I want to see murdered. I don't know. I think I think especially, A, he I, he's, like, the fucking millennials are going to identify with this guy. That's why people like them. But I also think, B, the, the people that saw this as a kid who have now raised children... Mm-hmm. Like, see in their children just them actively choosing the dark side and actively choosing to just be these shiftless millennials that they've become. And it, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of thought went into Kylo Ren that you're dismissing as annoying, but yeah, but it's, it it's all it, you know. Like I see Dan Star point. Wars was a commentary on that time and that generation and what was going on in our country, and yeah, this is yeah. too, but. In a very different way, and much more, you know, not about war and Vietnam and what it's just more about the bridging of generations, and I think it does it all very nicely. I just hate him. <laughs> well, good, he's the bad guy, so he's. <laughs> I, I, no, I mean, I just think he's a terrible fucking bad guy. I all hope, right. like I said, this could be a very good jumping point if he could get real evil, because there's always that one thing, you know, Anakin played the children. There's not going to be any coming back for him, for the redemption no, 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 thing. No. Right. And I've heard, like, a rumor, like, I don't think it's going to be true, but, like, someone kind of flips a switch on Finn and maybe he'll kind of be the evil person has to redeem himself. I don't know. What? Who cares? Point yeah, being. Speculation no one knows. <laughs> yes. The point being, though, is, like, I, 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 I think they're going to try to trick you that he's going to have the redemptive arc like Vader, but he's, he's just going to choose to be bad. I just, I, I hope. I hope that character gets a lot better. Now, okay, the second gripe. Captain Phasma. Uh Uh-huh. Totally wasted. Totally wasted character. You got, you went out and you got Brianna Tarth, my girl. (laughs) My goddamn girl who takes no shit from no man. That's why you got that actress because she's so good at that character. She's an imposing six foot tall. Yeah. Like Valkyrie? Yes. She is my fucking flaming Valkyrie. I love that woman. Um, you give her nothing to do. 
And yeah. she gets punched out by Chewie and thrown out a fucking garbage disposal. Yeah. What the fuck, man? You completely wasted that goddamn character. I will say, yeah, that she had the least amount to do of all the main new characters. Like, even Poe po Dameron, I thought, was wasted, too. But again, they'll have more to do Yeah, they got more, they got more later. Up and, and I was thinking about it, actually, the other day. Like, I have a feeling her part is going to be very big, and she's not just going to just be like, well, I'm still with the bad guys. Like, I think they're... She's the one that fucking destroyed their base, more or less. That's that's on her. I don't think they're just going to keep her around as a foot soldier. I think she's going to become some sort of crazy bounty hunter who just kind of is going to become a very uh, loose cannon for both sides and be I very hope cool so. badass. Because she is a very established actress, and that's what she's oh, yeah. good at. I just hope they're yeah, not I, a lot I think, more for I think, her. You know, they're not going to just leave her under a helmet for three movies. I think no, they're, no. They, what they did with her is very intentional. To give something bigger to do later. Yeah, you might as well have got Peter Mayhew to play that part. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, now, the good for the bad guys. I loved, he's probably my favorite character in this new one. I love General Hux. Yes, Hux oh, is so great. Man, when he is standing above, like, you know, addressing... Giving his Nazi speech. Yeah, it looks like Nuremberg, and he's yep. all fiery and shit, he's a redhead... And he's just got, yep. you'll love this dude because he is baby David Warner. <laughs> he is, he looks like him. He's got his mannerisms. He is amazing. Best bad guy in the whole fucking movie. In, in, in a movie, you know, in my opinion, severely lacking of good bad guys. This guy fucking rules. I love that dude. Now, yeah. on, the, on the good guy side, I, I pretty much liked everybody. I loved that they gave Chewie something to do. Oh, oh, Chewie was my favorite part of the whole movie, I think. Man, I cannot wait till part two because Chewie is going to fuck some shit up. Yep. That was so smart, what they did with him, the way they they used him. Just not even in this movie, yeah. but like, just like, he ain't going nowhere. Like, don't worry about it. Chewie's there. He's good. I want to see uh, two side movies of just like Han and Chewie, The Lost Years. Of them just traveling around in space collecting. Well, you got that in the going Christmas to be one of the special. movies, so don't worry about it. Wait, we're getting Han Solo movies? You yeah. got You had the, you, I don't want no got to go home in the Christmas special, special damn it. Uh, everybody fuck, no, I've never watched a holiday special. You, <laughs> you know should. I know it's got B. Arthur singing about fucking space holidays. Some shit <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure it's fucking high on t-shirt Joe's list. He's <laughs> great. You know, there's a Boba cartoon that's horribly animated. It just—it is some great stuff. I don't need to see that. It's—it's it's fucking horrible. I know this. I—I—I uh, just—I don't want to say it's a bad movie because I liked it, but it—I—I I really stepped back because everybody, when they saw those prequels, loved them, and then they had to turn the six-month turnaround and say, "Wait a minute." You know, upon further review, we threw the flag, and these movies are pretty god-awful. Uh, we're going to overturn the decision on the field. Bad movies. I don't yeah. want to have to do that. I think this is an okay movie. I think it's a great jumping-off point. I think it's going to be the, the weakest of the three new ones. Uh, well, I don't know. Given the, I, I think, well, that's possible because the story could ascend in value and richness mm-hmm. as it goes. But also the storytellers making those movies is descending in value, and yeah. so we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, can we not just get George Miller to do the rest of these? Uh, <laughs> can we just hire George Miller to do all the movies from now on? 
I mean, George Miller's no storyteller either. Hey, here's Fury Road. We got to drive up this road. Oh, we're going to turn around and go back again. Story over. Infinitely yeah. better. Mo- now, I guess I, I I look at it more as I compare this movie a to other Star Wars movies, of course, mm-hmm. and I think it ranks very highly among those. And b I rank it more so against all the other goddamn franchise films that came out this year. Yes, yes. Like like Jurassic World or The Avengers or Furious 7 or just anything like that. And this movie, above and beyond, those movies I saw once, I enjoyed them, I had a good time. I'm probably never going to watch them again. This movie I've seen twice. I'm going to go see it again and this week. I have plans to. I will own this movie. I'll watch this movie at least probably once a year. Like, yeah. That, that's... This, I, it, Fury Road is still the best movie of the year, and yeah. far a superior film, period. But this movie is just tickles in me and delights me in a way that a film hasn't in a very long time. Right, and and the magic was back. I felt like a two year old kid again when I saw Star yep. Wars for the first time in the theater, and I loved it. It's just, it's not a flawless movie, guys. And I mean, come on. No, none of them. None of them are. They're all. I've I've been watching them all with a critical eye, like as I rewatched them before this one came out, and I'm like, oh, this is pretty weak, and eh, but like, yeah, who cares? Flawless movies, but they're treated as such. Yeah, I mean, the biggest the biggest problem this movie had was that it just did the Death Star again. They could have just done some other kind they of got, super weapon yeah, that didn't man. have to be a sphere shaped thing. It could have been just generic super weapon. Yeah, but because they made it a Death Star, that's its weakest. Unleash a space virus or some shit, man. Uh, Anything. Empire engineers got to get a better idea. Or they should just get all force choked to death. Yeah. And also, something else I was going to bring up about Star Wars, and I will think about it in five minutes, I'm sure. But I, I don't know. I just The thing that's that's baffled me the most is people coming out of the woodwork to be like, the prequels were great, and this is terrible, and... Like, what are you fucking talking about? Yeah, the prequels were fucking garbage. That was, that was a waste of money and everything. Well, the prequels were great in one fashion only, and that's like, hey, this is a demo reel of what Hollywood can do. And that's not a good thing because every, you know, every movie now uses CGI like that. And it's a very yeah. bad, like, example to make for other movies. But they did, you know, they did the Star Wars. They did the best thing, and they got it out of the hands of George Lucas, so... Good on the mouse. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just not over the moon with it, man. Like everybody else is. That's fine. I, I have a feeling Rogue One will probably be more up your alley. Yeah, probably. I hope bounty hunters are in that because, you know, Star Wars needs bounty hunters. Anyway, uh, let's get to, uh, actually, let's take a break and we will be right back with some questions and other nonsense.
I screwed fans over I had them believing that the first three films were really done But Star Wars will be done my way I don't care what they have to say I think that they should let it go And they'll never get a Blu-ray of the Star Wars that you used to know question man we got questions okay give me one second so this is because i know there was there's been some questions since everyone's been talking the whole time so let me just refresh this so i have all of them and none showed up on the other one breaking news dano yes (laughs) george takai on facebook just posted someone made a fake kylo ren twitter account oh you haven't been reading those that's great stuff no i don't twitter's not for me I don't know. I, I haven't. Re- I don't know. I quit tweeting and stuff for a like, couple of months, but I've just kind of been reading it again, and like that one popped up, and it, he just all he ever tweets about is like him and it's him and Hux in like boarding school, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like you know, I got Hux a moleskin for Christmas. I hope he likes it. And, and I don't know. It's just really silly. And he just the things he follows is Darth Vader and Hot Topic. <laughs> 
Here's a good tweet from Emo Kylo Ren. Dear Diary, Hux and I are wearing black to commemorate the defeat at the Battle of Endor. (laughs) We both always wear black, but today it means more. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. First question, T-Shirt Joe wants to know if you were to make a movie called The Hopeful Eight, who would be in it? Eight clones of Rutger Hauer. I'm I'm down with that. And it'll it'll be like that multiplicity movie where each clone of Rutger yes. Hauer is another Rutger Hauer movie. The Ooh. whole cast of Spookies. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the mission is trying to get it out on DVD. Yes. <laughs> what about you, Dano? Oh. I don't know. Do people get killed in this movie? <laughs> I think they just give other people juice and presents. <laughs> How about every black actor who's ever died in a horror action film, all teamed up? That's a good idea. <laughs> kind of a <laughs> kind of a Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Ed Quillen has appeared after his comments about cookies with AIDS. He wants to know: Is there AIDS in Star Wars universe? <laughs> <laughs> no, they turned into it, it, that uh, virus mutated and became space herpes. That was Ice yep. Pirates. Yeah, so now it's the problem of the Ice Pirates. <laughs> Which is a crossover I would love to see. Can we get the Ice Pirates meet Star Wars? No, I'm going to save Parker Bowman's question for yeah. an end here. Since... I will say, though, uh, Supreme Leader Snoke kind of looked like Tom Hanks in Philadelphia, so <laughs> yes. it's possible. I didn't say anything about him because, obviously, there's more to that character. Well, oh, boy, I hope so, because he was pretty terrible, I thought. He was, I yeah. thought, the weakest link. Yeah, I'm hoping that, like, that's just, you know, a hologram image of someone else. Yeah. Okay, uh, I, we're going to save Parker Bowman's The Full Moon list after. Uh, T-Shirt Joe wants to know, what's the most amount of beers you've chugged after last call? <laughs> if it's last call, I just go get one more of whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh Bootleg Tim Gross, Tim Wilder wants to know, why did you replace that kid's PS4 with a block of wood with a dick on it? I did no such I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I ain't giving no kid no PS4, man. I keep that shit for myself. Even though I got one, I want another one. Uh, T-Shirt Joe wants to know, did the force really awaken or did it simply awaken grown men into purchasing more toys? Good point, sir. Yes. Uh, Gar- <laughs> T-Shirt Joe wants to know, what episode is it? 187. 187 on an undercover Joe Garcia. He he also wants to know, have you ever seen Silent Rage? Yeah, it's fucking terrible. He wants to know, if you were to recast Silent Rage with Star Wars characters, who would you pick? Chewbacca would be uh, the, I don't know who played the Michael Myers type dude. The unstoppable killer, I forget yeah. that dude's name. Uh, and Chuck Norris would be played by... Bosk, because Bosk don't get enough love. Uh, and, and his and Flounder in that movie would be played by IG88 because he's cool. Yeah, and I have an action figure of him sitting on top of my computer. <laughs> I've got one of him sitting on a de- or on a bookshelf. So I have my uh, dual Chewbacca's and my Doctor Mindbender, my IG88, and like three different Green Goblins, an Iggy Pop, and an Ash. <laughs> 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 oh man. That's my hopeful eight right there. Nice. Okay, T-shirt Joe wants to know, will we ever see an Amityville 4D movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coming out this February, aren't you aware? 
Yeah, yeah it star, awful. stars Jennifer Jason Lee. 70 millimeter. Oh, that does star Jennifer Jason Lee? Oh, fucking yeah. stock just went yeah. up on that one. Yeah, is it, it really? Yeah, it does. Oh shit, yeah. it's got, it's got fucking Clarence Boddicker in it too. Yep, yeah. it does. Amityville The Awakening. Yep. But I saw the trailer for this and it just looks like a different movie that they decided to slap the Amityville name on. I would not be surprised. Oh, Jennifer uh, Jason Lee, I want to have some. Well, if it Jesus. follows the canon of part three, then it has to be somewhere else. Let's hope so. <laughs> uh, well, I have the, uh, the original Amityville 4 that follows. The dollhouse? <laughs> No, it's called Evil Escapes. It's the one that follows the 3D one during the 80s. With Patty Duke? Yes. Yeah, that one's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Amityville gets real weird around she part bu- She five. buys a lamp, and all of a sudden her house is haunted. Yeah, there's a, there's a <laughs> lamp, there's a dollhouse, there's a clock. Yep. There's a haunted garage sale that went on somewhere, and fuck you're, a lot of you're, you're right on, Yeah, they decided to do Friday the 13th the series. Mm-hmm. Uh Patricia Stevens wants to know, I saw a kid at a grocery store today who was hanging off of the front of a shopping cart, kind of like when Mad Max was being used as a blood bag. Thoughts? That's pretty awesome. (laughs) Did you go up and ask the kid if he was going to Valhalla all shiny and chrome? Because I would have. Now, this brings up uh, another story I've seen the past couple weeks. Have you seen the Mad Max Fury Road... uh, Themed Uber cars. No. No. <laughs> yes. Hell. Apparently in New York, and I forget where else, I think somewhere in Canada, Uber, there is some uh, Mad Max fans that have made their vehicles into, uh, their Uber vehicles into Mad Max, like clones from the Fury Road. There's pictures of it uh, out there on Facebook, too. Nice. I'm looking at them right now, and of course they're in Seattle. There you go. Uh, Patricia Stevens also wants to know, what is your favorite Christmas horror movie? Dano? Oh, I got a thing. Hang on. You go. I. It's not a movie, but I really love the Tales from the Crypt pilot episode with Larry Drake and all through the house mm. as the killer Santa. Ooh, I'm that vain. I love remade, that. R- remade from the 72 movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Both Have versions you- are good. Yep. Do you remember the the new Twilight Zone series where there was like a kid on Christmas and he was home with his grandma and she kept telling him that like this fucking monster with like hands like soccer balls were gonna come get him and he's like no Santa's coming and then like finally it ends with just this monster's arms shooting through the windows and eating him basically. No. That was yeah. Fucking awesome. <laughs> I've always said it. Uh, there's always a soft spot in my heart for Silent Night Deadly Night. But no garbage day. Uh, is I'm sorry. The first one conquers all, plain <laughs> and simple. It just the the first seven and a half minutes of that movie, hands down. You knew what you're getting into after that. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, Grandpa. They pick up hitchhiking Santa Claus. Yeah, I got to see that in a theater. With Axel from Profondo Cinema, and we nice. ate it up like a fucking ice cream cone. That movie was fucking fun. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah, I've seen it as seen it as a kid. I've seen it in a theater. But I was gonna say, I would have to say my favorite is Black Christmas, the original. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. 
as much as I love Silent Night, Deadly Night, and it is it has soft spot soft spot in my heart. Uh, Black Christmas. That's I it. Do, I, that's just a so bad it's good. I love that fucking remake, dude. I, I know you fucking hate, hate that. I knew you were gonna say that. Fucking. But they open up a door to a, an asylum, and in a cell is Chris Pontius from fucking Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Have you accepted our Lord and Savior? And that's it. It's just like, what? Did I just see that? Uh, T-shirt Joe wants to know if you could cast Jamal Anderson's mom in any horror franchise reboot, what would it be? Who's Jamal Anderson? Yeah. What? I'm guessing uh, running back for uh, – well, used to be running back for Atlanta Falcons. I'm guessing. Uh, is, that the, is that the mom that does the Campbell Chunky Soup ads? Eat your chunky soup, kid! And then he's like all awesome and goes and tackles everyone. I don't know. You got me. Yeah, Jamal Lewis's mom. I'm gonna say Gone Girl. Sure, yeah. Sure, yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, T-shirt Joe wants to know, did Tim get the Mothra van for Christmas? No, and everybody should burn <laughs> that right on the shelf. Come on! They should burn it. Mothra's cool, Tim. Dude, I'd I'd open that box up and take a shit in it, put the box together and wrap it up and give it to somebody else. That thing's a piece of shit. Uh, Rick Fusselman wants to know, should they make a horror movie about the worst WCW match in history, the Judy Bagwell on a pool match? <laughs> Who was that? Wasn't it like Mongo McMichael versus Buff Bagwell? I believe so. Yeah, that was... I don't know. They should make a, a fucking best movie. Well, let's let's not forget they did have Viagra on a pole match too. Yeah, they had a they had a sombrero on a pole match one time. Yep. I think they had a pink slip on a pole match once. Anytime, I don't care. They need to have World War Three pay per view so we could get to see uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. thrown like a lawn dart into a side of a trailer. Nah, we need to make a movie of the. Of the fucking junkyard brawl. The, the, the junk, yeah, the junkyard match. <laughs> Where like nine people didn't finish that match because they were like <laughs> impaled with fucking mufflers and shit. Silver King almost lost his life. I think Silver King's career died that day. Yeah. Uh, T-shirt Joe wants to know which actor has given us the best portrayal of the devil? Mm. From the Noopsie! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dano. Portrayals uh, of Satan. Uh, I like, uh, uh, what's that fucking kid? Constantine, uh, with, what's his name from Fargo in it? Oh, oh. that man's Matt, uh, oh, that's my boy, Peter Stormer. Yeah, I was gonna yes. say, you don't know that dude. He's magical in everything. Yeah, he's fucking awesome in that. And that's then, a good uh, pick. And I, I should say, then, uh, of course, that, uh, your most recent episode really sold me on this Fargo series. I yeah. had to start watching it. <laughs> good, it's, Incredibly violent and wonderful. I had no movie. I had no idea it was about like mob stuff and that Bruce Campbell was uh, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yep, know. it's oh, good stuff. Breaking news: Kamala's going to join the podcast. Hey, baby. Um, what about Sam Neill? Is the devil? Yeah, Omen movies. Uh, the best portrayal of the devil is Tim Curry in Legend. <laughs> well, yeah, that's another good pick. That's a very good portrayal, but that's all makeup. I'm t- let's think of like, uh, as as hokey and cheesy as it sounds, I want to say Pacino and the Devil's that's, Advocate. I was just thinking that, <laughs> yeah. Just just for the mere reason, it's Al Pacino. I I always like Francis 
as the devil in Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure when he has the nightmare? Yes. <laughs> fucking good one. Can't think of any other wounds. They're all uh, pretty good. The prophecy. What's his name from yeah. Lord of the Rings? And the prophecy is good. Not Christopher Walken. Glenn Danzig. Yes. Aragorn, oh. the the Strider. Uh, the what's his name? His Vigo. Yeah. Yes. When he's getting all creepy up on Elias Coteus, that's some good stuff. Man, that is a series I have been wanting to get back to. <laughs> it's the series that's got one good movie worth getting back to. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, the, I I will defend the third one. The third prophecy is actually really cool because it it is all about walking that far. Yeah, Walken's character basically he's human now and he can't adjust to being human. <laughs> That's oh like boy. A, it, it's a decent film actually. That sounds like it'd make a kick ass sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be the angel of death. Yeah. It it, it kind of does cuz he's like now playing I'm with these guys. He's playing a banjo and driving across the US the whole time. Hey, it sounds pretty good right there. And <laughs> let's not forget they made 4 and 5 back to back. Yep. <laughs> And threw just about anybody that was bored that day into the movie. Uh, moving on, Rick Fusselman wants to know the new Rob Zombie movie, 31. <laughs> Sounds like a weekend at the Gathering of the Juggalos. Any thoughts? I hope it ends with everybody getting hepatitis. Well, you've seen the article that it's not being given the R rating. Yeah, and you know what? Good. Rob Zombie belongs, like, uh, I hate to say it because I like the guy. I like his movie, uh, at least the style of his movies. Some movies, like, you know, that original Halloween, I could leave it, but everything else is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, man. I like it when he can not have to bow to the MPAA and do it like a, like a Lords of Salem type shit. Well, here's my thoughts on this. I know the money's not there for him, but. Uh, here's my thoughts on this, and he didn't have to beg it, his fans for the money. You did yeah, kickstart this, so. yeah. Since this was a Kickstarter, um, what was the point of going to the MPAA? I mean, after the debacle of Lords of Salem, let's be honest. After the debacle of going through the process of Lords of Salem, haven't you gotten that John Carpenter attitude and basically just say fuck it? Nobody should. Because I mean, honestly. By time he finds a way to get this to the theater and it just gets mercifully trashed before one uh, scene is even seen in the theaters. Why not save the money, put it on demand, release it that way, DVDs, Blu-rays, iTunes. I just, if you're kickstarting the project, just do it. I mean, do it the cheap way. Do it like an independent yeah. person at this point. Just go about your business that way because I just – I laughed when I read that article and somebody even commented to me and said, oh, why aren't you upset about this or going after – it's like, no, this is different than Lords of Salem. It's like this just – I don't understand why he's going through the process. I, it, it just – it's crowdfunded. Fine. Glad you funded it. More power to you. But why, it's literally basically independent, independent of independent projects now. Just put it out there on DVD because you sit there and piss around with it. This thing's going to end up being pirated to begin with, but 
put it out there yourself. Make the money. Don't waste it trying to get an R rating just so it gets into, what, a whole 115 theaters? And it plays for on a Saturday night, and that's it? Hey, I drove 100 miles to see it. Yeah, I know you did, but, I mean, I just, I'm sorry when it, it, it it's one of those things. I know I'm splitting hairs. Yeah. Lords of Salem for me was different. It wasn't crowdfunded. I'm, I don't mind movies being crowdfunded, but if you're going to go that route, don't bitch about it. You have, don't bitch about it. you're trying to put it through to MPA and make a big deal, but just put it out yourself. Go make the money and shut up. Yeah. It, it just, because I, I'm sorry, Lords of Salem, so much as I love the movie, Having it advertised and put out in the theaters is just a complete debacle. It goes back even to the argument of Adam Green in the Hatchet series where he, you know, constantly talked about it being NC-17 and he was going to put it in theaters and it never worked out anyhow. Just put the movies out. Most movies are not going to the theater anymore. Mm-mm. So what's the big deal? And what did Rob Zombie do with his money that he couldn't have afforded to just make this movie and then sell the movies directly to his fans instead of having his fans have to fund it first? I don't think Rob Zombie has very good business sense. Yes, (laughs) but Dano, I'm with you. You cannot tell me. He can't go to, uh, let's say, a bloodydisgusting.com just... Or, or Kyle's favorite, the Nerdist, and fuck you. <laughs> have them say, "Hey, uh, how about you put up two and a half million dollars to put this out there on DVD?" Well, the Nerdist is yep. funding horror movies now, so. But yeah, I mean, you're telling me uh, the Nerdist wouldn't make that money back in a week or two? No, the Nerdist is the new first order, man. We all need to rise against them. Yes. But I, I, I'm just trying to put that example out and try, and I agree with what Dano's even saying. I just don't understand the process of why are you that worried about trying to get an R rating in the theaters when even when it gets that R rating, Lords of Salem, it's not going to show in 90% of theaters. No. What, so, Star I Wars just, will still be there. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it just I just don't understand the concept. I mean, maybe I'm old. Uh, yeah, Rob Zombie, he doesn't deserve to be in theaters. I don't, I don't understand. This that place either. isn't in theaters. It's, it's better on-demand VOD stuff. Yeah. It, I, like I said, I just, I think it's a, a story, a non-story that has become a story because it's Rob Zombie. And it well, just, if there's anything the guy understands, it's no press is bad press. Well, that's true. That's very true. But I think any more bitching about. Uh, it, it just bitching uh, about the MPAA in 2015 is a moot point. We know yes. it's stupid. We know it that, sucks. We know it's incredibly lopsided, and it's not going to change. Yes, it, it just not, it, now you know if he would become friends with Quentin Tarantino, maybe he could work out a deal. So yeah. anyhow, T-shirt. I don't remember El Super Bisto having to get the MPAA's approval. Oh yeah, I love I love yeah, that I do too. too. Here's a good tweet from emo Kylo Ren, Dan. <laughs> Kylo Ren spends a whole afternoon unsuccessfully struggling to open a cling rack my, my Chemical Romance CD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a great fucking Twitter. I'm, I'm going to get back on Twitter because of this guy. Thank you, sir. Uh, T-shirt Joe wants to know, is Rob Zombie's new movie 31 about baseball? <laughs> yeah. It's got <laughs> Billy Crystal, too. Yep. And Jackie Robinson and... 
It's about the struggle to integrate the first juggalo into the major yeah. league baseball. Well, <laughs> Ty, Ty Cobb was a serial killer. Yeah. And Ed Quillen wants to know, I want to get in on the fun. It's, it's only moderately fun. Here you are. Enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, Quinlan wants to know, did Han Solo get AIDS? No, he got space herpes. We've established that. Yes. Uh, he, Quinlan wants to know, is Kylo Ren mad because he has big ears? Well, Kylo yeah. Ren also says, you can't truly appreciate the, the Imperial March until you hear it on vinyl. <laughs> uh, it, Rick Fusselman chimes in again. Is Kylo Ren mad because he had to see that chick from Girls naked all the time? If so, I don't blame him. I don't, I don't know this series. Neither do I. I'm gonna have to look up Girl from Girls. Okay. Uh, I watched, I watched two episodes of it a few weeks ago because I heard people liked it and those people are wrong. Oh, there's a lot <laughs> of hot fucking girls on here, man. I don't... Uh, Quinlan wants to know, am I the only one who noticed there was too much CGI in the new Star Wars movie? The character with the eyes, the fat dude who ran the trade shop, and the big statue-sized bad guy, whoever in the hell that was too, much CGI, am I right? The, well... I think that's a joke, because those are all puppets, but alright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Snoke was a terrible fucking CGI effect. Uh, Quinlan also wants to know, can Wookiees get rabies? They can't get, uh, distemper. Can they get AIDS? I don't know, but Chewie got distemper at the end of that movie real quick. Well, Quinlan wanted to know if they could get AIDS. I hope so, because then that would imply that there are space vets. And I'd like to know that there are space vets, for my dog's sake. Wow, that, uh, chick from Girls is a sight to look at. Uh, Quinlan wants to know, do Wookiees need to be potty trained? Quinlan, everybody needs to be potty trained at some point in their life, so I would assume yes. Rick Fusselman wants to know, do Wookiees get dingleberries? <laughs> and I like to follow up that question with, is it like the beer commercial where the bears are trying Charmin? <laughs> they get Klingons around Uranus. Ba-dum-ching! <laughs> Uh, Ed Quinlan wants to know, do aliens leave good tips in the Katina? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what kind of money they use. So. Yeah, I think it's like a Star Trek situation here. They probably just fucking have exonerated money by that point. Uh, Quinlan wants to know, was I the only one not super impressed by the characters in the Katina scene in the new Star Wars movie? Thought they paled in comparison to Rick Baker's creations from the first movie. Yeah, that was that was that was one of those trying real hard moments. Uh he also Quinlan wants to know, am I the only one who wants to see a Star Wars Puppet Master crossover? <laughs> Tim Gross does, guaranteed. <laughs> uh Kyle Pauling, oh you you already said this. Isn't that what a special edition of Jedi? That is the special edition of Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Fusselman wants to know how much longer do we have before Tyler Perry makes a Star Wars movie about Medea, or will he make Medea the Death Star? Well, <laughs> February is coming. That's Tyler Medea's fucking stomping ground. So I believe Medea is in the next Ninja Turtles movie. So <laughs> let's hope so. <laughs> now Parker Bowman, I have made this the last question, guys, and uh, I don't know how much Dano you've watched Full Moon movies at all. Uh, but Parker Bowman, uh, he asked 
about Full Moon, and he has a list. He has him ranked so far. His number one so far is Transfers to the Return of Jack Death. It is a good one. Give him credit. I could put that up in the top five. His number two is Shrunken Heads. Number three is Puppet Master 3. Number four is Demonic Toys. Number five is the original Puppet Master. Number six is Puppet Master 4. Number seven is Puppet Master 2. Number eight, Bad Channels. I'm sorry, Bad Channels needs to be way down there. That's a bad one, Parker. That That is a bad bad. one. Four would not be in my top ten at all. Uh, Trancers 3 is number ten. Number nine is the Test Tube Teens from the year 2000. I was unaware that was Full Moon. Um, I believe it was an Empire Pitcher that got delayed. Same difference. Yes, that came out. Number 11, Meridian. Number 12, Ogabuga. Number 13, Puppet Master The Legacy. Again, another one that should be further down on the list. Puppet Master 5 is number 14. Invisible is number 15. Again, another one that should have been down on the list. Number 16 is Evil Bong King Bong Part 2. He liked that over the first Evil Bong movie, which i got to say, no. No, yeah, though that evil bong series is just garbage to begin with. <laughs> yeah, eighteen it's... is the ginger dead man, which again, ginger dead man would be up higher on this list. Uh nineteen is retro puppet master. Yeah, that's where you're starting to get. And then his last one, number twenty, is curse of the puppet master. But I love this. One of the comments on his top twenty so far was from a guy named Jimmy Joan. It said, "I came this close. This in." uh uh, in parentheses, close to criticizing your Puppet Master rating, uh, rankings, but I think that's a line I don't want to cross for no other reason than to preserve my sense of self-worth. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta understand that. Um, the list is pretty good. It's pretty good, but Shrunken it, Heads at number two is really. It's a decent uh, film. It's a decent film. Meridian gotta be way higher. Meridian's great. Meridian's 11, but like as I explained and I already comment while uh, we were talking earlier in the show here, um, I told him there is like a hundred full moon titles and nowhere on this list is the first subspecies movie. This is the ones that he's, he's seen. Yeah, and I told him, I was like, there's yeah, a lot that, of movies you're missing. He's missing Crash and Burn would uh-huh. be up on this list. Uh, Subspecies. Robot Jocks. Robot Jocks. <laughs> um, there, he, Arena. There, he, hideous. Arena's an Empire film. Castle uh, Freak. Yeah, Castle Freak is a full moon film. I would put that up there. And that's what I explained to him, and this is uh what I wrote to him. I just basically said I liked the list, uh, but some of them I could tell you haven't seen yet, and I explained to him, I believe there's over a hundred full moon titles, but uh, he has a couple hundred under the Empire label, and like I said, Crash and Burn's one of my favorite ones, and I pointed at him for anybody that wanted to know, uh, especially because of the Empire film projects. Uh, I think Dano's dying. Dano, you still there? Hello. Oh, no. <laughs> I will fix this. Okay, well, well, like I said, uh, basically what I explained to Parker was I pointed out, and for anybody else who wants to know, um, the Full Moon magazine, Delirium, that's coming out, it always keeps an updated list of all the Full Moon movies, but all the Empire movies also, too. And the ones that are just becoming available through, whether it's Full Moon Streaming, Shout Factory, or just legit DVD, period, right now. Um 
Also, to uh, fullmoonstreaming.com has a full list of every movie Charles Band's been a part of, if anybody is wants to see that. But like I said, uh, he's even Parker Bro- uh, Bowman even brought up, I never knew Dr. Alien was a full moon movie. Yes, Dr. Alien was. Uh, Uh-oh. Okay. Hold that fucking thought. had another brilliant idea what's up uh we're gonna remake masters of the universe okay and we're gonna cast tony dungy as skeletor (laughs) (laughs) are you there dano yes okay let's try this again anyway parker bowman's full moon list we had some technical difficulties there um yeah uh hold on let me shut that down i was looking at something there uh again like i said uh he the new Puppet Master Access of Evil I thought was really cool. Uh, Dollman, the original Trancers, Trancers 3 was pretty good. Pit and the Pendulum, That's he needs one. to get on that list. Uh, even Subspecies 4 is actually pretty decent. Uh, I thought Puppet Master 2 would be further up on that list. We can both uh, agree, leave off the Corey Dollman Puppet Master Yes. Don't don't watch. But, I know I know Parker's a big Feldman fan fan. But stuff like Shadow Zone. Shadow Zone it. rules, man. It's got yeah. fucking uh, what's his name? Lopan. Yes, he needs to get James Hong in there. You know, Shadow Zone, Lurking Fears, another great H.P. Uh, Lovecraft type. Yeah, movie. no budget, but just a cool creature film. Creepazoids, which is actually an Empire picture, but it, I mean. Killer Hot, uh, Killer Eye, uh, the first and second one. Like I said, there's a lot of full moon movies you could get into. Even, uh, Oblivion or Witch House 1, 2, and 3, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Killjoy 4 was really good. Uh, just stuff like that, which is under the full moon label. And then of course you could get into Empire label, which Kyle was talking, Arena, uh, Dolls. Space Hunter. Yeah, Space Hunter, you name it, that stuff. You could even watch, uh, what was the one we unearthed, uh, Crash. Crash. J- just recently. Laser so, yeah. Blast. Laser Blast. But watch I, that I, one with the Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a ton that you could go through, but like I said, for me, uh, Full Moon, and I even told Parker, let me know if you need help, I'll help you. Like I said, I've been through almost every single one of them. Tim Gross is the Obi-Wan to the <laughs> Full Moon catalog. Because there, there's a difference. There's Full Moon, there's Empire, and then there's just other stuff Charles Band is connected to because... Moonbeam with the boogers and the goobers. Yes, the goobers, which was actually halfway decent. But even like the newer ones... I to believe that. Yeah, Puppet Master Access Rising was pretty decent. Dollman versus Demonic Toys, uh-uh. But Demonic Toys 2, very good sequel that's newer. Uh, Ooga Booga, he did have on the list. I was happy. That's garbage. 
Uh, I love Ogo Booga. It was hilarious. It's very racist. Yeah. Uh, Skullheads, which was kind of decent. Uh, it just, there's a lot of stuff out there he still has to get to. So I hope poker, uh, poker, 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 poker Bowman, <laughs> Parker Bowman Old has poker. a blast. And I told him, Hey, you know, just find me. So, but anyhow, let's move on. Those were the questions. Okay. So let's talk about which one you want to guys. You guys just want to talk about Amityville 3 first and get it out of the way? Sure. Okay. This house has a supernatural power to attract audiences. It is the Amityville Horror House, a landmark in the history of motion picture shockers. Now, that power has expanded. Amityville 3D, a film that will draw you into the unknown, envelop you in mystery, and engulf you in evil. A new dimension in the technology of terror. Amityville 3 is the movie I picked, regretfully. It stars um, some people in an it, Amityville sequel. <laughs> I told you there. Yes. What, why did you pick this, by the way? Is it because they're making a new one and you wanted to see... Because I assume the new one will be We in just couldn't talk about Bone Tomahawk and Hateful Eight. Well, we no. Amityville 3 is like... It's 1983. That's in like my fucking wheelhouse of, of, of just... Bad movies? No, fucking really good <laughs> underrated horror movies. Like, well, Halloween 3 and, and shit like that. And I watched this today and I'm like, man, uh, if it wasn't for me liking Tony Roberts, <laughs> it's always a welcome fucking face in any horror movie because he's in popcorn. <laughs> it's the hair, really. Yeah, it's, it's the that, of hair. It's, it's that fucking curly fro he's got going on. Tony Roberts' hair is like Burt Reynolds' mustache. Yep. It's fantastic. I just, I, I like these movies where they, they go and like scientifically investigate evil. Like I, I, I like the entity. I like Prince of Darkness. Like we were talking about earlier. This one, no, uh, it's boring, but <laughs> I, it, the only move, the only thing that I felt like they needed Burgess Meredith in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Reprising his role from the Manitou. To come in and just lay all this exposition down and and have a beer and go away, but it's just a bad fucking movie, man. I I, I I thought I would like it, and I thought maybe this would be a movie I could stick up for, but nope. Turns out it's really bad. There's a really cool monster effect in it though. I like how they go and and uh, discover like go and kind of scientifically research that well. And Robert Joy's in this, who I like. He's in Land of the Dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. In no, Life that, Force. He, the guy that just always looks like his face should be melted and then usually is. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. In Life Force. Don't <laughs> yep. forget that. Every every skinny, melty man actor yep. was in Life Force. <laughs> I don't know. I, I felt like, the, I mean, the the plot was so flimsy. Like, they went to go investigate someone renting the house to debunk them, and the guy's like, well, I guess I'll just buy it. Like, okay. Yeah. I did love the first part when they, when they bust the the fake psychic at the house. And there's a guy just in a black suit <laughs> with a like fucking ball on a string. Yeah. That was good. That was neat. But like, you know, at the end they brought in that team to investigate and, and then that was over in four minutes. Yeah. Like that should have been the last third of the movie. Mm-hmm. They just blew this one, but you got Meg Ryan in here. Lori Laughlin from rad. Yeah. And full yeah. out. <laughs> that was great. 
I kind of wonder, like, how many times, like, you know, they'd pass each other at, like, premieres or whatever. Mm. Like, Lachlan was invited to premieres, is the point. They like, share an <laughs> awkward stare. Hey, yeah, remember that time? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm still happy you got the lead in that one? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to like it. I didn't. Matter of fact, I floated out the idea to these two guys if you wanted to skip this on the show. It was cool. So we're just going to gloss over it. Tim, what would you think of this movie? Uh, I... I, it's kind of it's cheesy. It was cheesy for the time it is, and yeah. I think I'm not going to bash the film because yeah, I liked it at the time. I will never say it was great, but I think the biggest problem with this movie is oh yeah, this movie suffers from being a part of the '80s. Like there are some movies that are timeless. This isn't one of them. Nope. <laughs> this one is very dated. Um, it's bad in that sense. But I, I mean, think this could be fun if you found like an old actual screening in 3D. Yes, you could have a blast watching. And, uh, <laughs> and I totally agree with you right there. That's what can be fun about the movie. I feel like I should know who Tess Harper is. No, oh, uh, shit. Oh, True Detective. Okay, yeah. She was a mom on some show too, or she something. She was a mom on every show, according to her fucking IMDb. Oh, Lord, yeah, very forgettable. i got to give it a three out of a million stars. <laughs> but Tony Roberts, man, he's just like he's like the modern-day Dean Martin. Just kind of drunk. Is it, you know, the camera loves him. About a, mm-hmm. He's got a nice rump. Yep, that and the monster is about the only good things in this movie. Very boring. Made no sense. Like, the daughter... <laughs> The daughter, I, like, the daughter's friends, they go out in a boat, and then the mom sees the daughter's dead, wet ghost and the daughter's dead when none of her friends are wet but somehow they fished her body out of the water like right just not even just and then and then the mom's like crazy and apparently then living with the dad but like was there a funeral was the mom at the funeral talking about seeing the dead daughter how did this what what happened there's a lot of (laughs) there's a lot of directions they could have gone with this movie that they just didn't and it would have made it vastly more interesting (laughs) i i just feel like amityville shares a lot of similarities with Halloween franchise because there's really only two good Halloween movies. Uh, well, or, I'm going to leave Halloween 3 out of it. There's really only two good Halloween movies, and that's one and two. And there's really only two really good Amityville movies, and there's one and two. And then, boy, do they descend in a fucking swimming pool full of horseshit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I guess I have, I have three things real quick. One. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know how you watched it, but I watched it on YouTube. I've, I've, I had it taped off of a DVR. From okay, well, it's on YouTube, and it's uh, from a Spanish station where it's, you, you know, the English film, but with Spanish subtitles over the whole thing. Oh, that, that like, makes it better. So it was so great, because, like, he would, like, see, like, the well and be like, he'd go, oh, God, and just beneath it be, Dios mío! <laughs> I just had Bumblebee Man in my head the entire time I was watching it. Bumblebee Man. Two, the end of the movie was fucking great. Just when the house went crazy and just started throwing people and killing things. Mm-hmm. And then and then because they didn't know what to do, and as though the ghost itself went, well, I guess I've gone too far, it just blows itself up. Yeah. <laughs> just like, it just descended into madness. So it was all worth it for, like, really the last four minutes of the movie. And uh, the third question is, I know they remade Amityville, like, what, five, six, seven, eight years ago? I don't understand, like, how this is, keeps getting remade because it's fake. Is, is this is this new, 
You want a remake or the new remake? I don't. Like I said, I think it's just a movie they slap the Amityville moniker on. Yeah, yeah, I don't even think it's even something from the remake. Yeah, I don't know. It even just I don't know that documentary that came out a couple of years ago about the kid from it. Like, kind of uh, seems like the last word on all that bullshit. But like, the most amazing thing is this is directed by Richard Fleischer, who is like at the time this guy is like one of the remnants of old Hollywood. Like this, he did Amityville three, then he did Conan the Destroyer. But you go back and this guy did Soylent Green, See uh, No Evil. Torah, Torah, Torah. Uh, Jesus. Even back, at, like, he did 20,000 Leagues from the, Under the Sea from Disney. And, and, and he ends up like this. I am sorry, Richard Flight. Yeah. Wow. Uh, man. Those are some great films. No shit. I love fucking 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. But, man, uh, he's dead now. But, sir, I apologize to your ghost. That is, uh, <laughs> honestly, Torah, Torah, Torah is maybe my favorite World War II movie. So mm, yeah, it's great. I've, I've That's never, really sad. I've never seen Soylent Green yet. I feel like I don't have it's to. People, spoiler alert. Yeah, it's people. Everyone knows that. I'd rather watch the sequel that Chris Farley was in called Soil and Orange. <laughs> no people. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Bone Tomahawk. Yes. Bracing. Who's going to penetrate? Good evening. Civilized towns. You look a man direct in the face when you talk to him. This isn't comfortable. Oh, it's not supposed to be. There's a uh, situation. Serious. Mrs. O'Dwyer was abducted. She is my everything, and those savages have got her. God knows what they're doing to her. Every second that we delay. You know who did this? I don't have a name. How many of them do you think there are? It won't matter. You have no chance against any number of them. I'm, I'm coming with you. No, no. I need you here. And this is what a backup's for, to help an emergency, not stay back. I'm coming. We're making a five-day journey in three days, riding along and sleeping the bare minimum. I don't know what's west of here. No cattle trail or anything else goes in that direction. If our horses die before we get there, or we go into hostile territory, weak and foggy with exhaustion... We won't rescue anybody. Don't be scared. I am a friend. You aren't. Damn you! You had no cause. If you want to question my morals, do it later. Bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, which we are about to receive. Uh, 
Now, I like I said, I've spoke to a few people today about Bone Tomahawk. Um, there's some people saying it's boring. I'm uh, one of those people. Uh, I, I understand their their comments. I'm I'm not gonna sit there and say they're wrong, but I leave it like this. I like westerns. Uh, especially, I like Kurt Russell. When you put these two together and they're actually decent, I enjoy them. And I thought this was a really decent one. Now, is this a four-star one? No, it isn't. But I like the premise of it, and it has nothing to do with the horror element of it. A I just, bit. It, well, there is a li- little, but let me get to say this though. I like the premise of this. This isn't, hey, uh, this badass it's robbing banks. We gotta hunt him down. Or this wasn't like, hey, we're trying to recreate do... Tombstone. Yeah, we're not trying to recreate Tombstone, or we're not trying to do Django Unchained, or we're not trying, to, you know, trying to make their own mm-hmm. movie, their own story. And I like this one. You know, this is really cool. Basically, it's about. Uh, Two dumbass people played by Sid Haig and David Arquette. That's my favorite part of the movie. Sid Haig, (laughs) he anchors the first ten minutes of this movie. Yeah, two of the most unlikely people you would see together in a movie like this. They called the convention all stars for this one. Yeah, but they were together. Mm -hmm. And it was a great way to open the movie. Yeah, it was very great. They. Fuck around, they kill these people for basically to robbing them, but they fuck up this graveyard, this like ancient graveyard, without really knowing that it's a graveyard. And next thing you know, Sid Haig is getting his ass fucked up. Yep. <laughs> and they, they leave it in the dark kind of like where you're not totally sure, but you think it's Indians, but this is where it gets good, comes to this small town, uh, Oh, what's that? Bright Hope again. This town of Bright Hope. The sheriff is Kurt Russell. And somebody comes in, basically says, hey, you should go see this dude at the bar. Uh, he was in basically my backyard burying stuff. He looks suspicious. So he goes, he goes and checks him out and basically finds out that, you know, he's a bad dude, but he's not sure of what. Overnight, you know, throws him in jail. All of a sudden, Stable Boy gets fucking sliced and diced, and all this other, you know, people get kidnapped, disappear. Next thing you know, uh, Patrick Wilson, he wants to know where in the hell his wife is, and basically Matthew Fox is in, in on this, and I like his little background like that. He was this war veteran. He's, like, killed everybody known to man, and it's really cool. They bring in a Native American dude, and they basically, like, he's the expert, but they don't sit there and go out of their way, kind of like Hateful Eight, to throw racial comments around, but you can tell there's still racial tension, and it was just right for this movie because basically this Native American's like, oh, yeah, they're not really Indians. We're not sure what the fuck those people are up there. We just know they're mean pieces of shit that even my kind of people don't even go near. They're just something totally wrong with those people. They don't call them cannibals. They don't call them... They call them uh, troglodytes, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do call them chocolate... Uh, I always call them chocodiles. Chocolite? <laughs> yeah, the chocolate, the chocolate hostess cake that went out, <laughs> went out dated after 1987. <laughs> this is what happens but, when a Twinkie goes bad. It becomes one of these people. 
Yeah, exactly. But yeah, tr- uh, chocolateites is what they're calling them. But I like calling them chocolateites instead. Um, chocolateites. <laughs> it just. Dude, I hey. It's fucking this show up, dude. <laughs> Hey, do you, hey, would you like me to call them Chaka Dials? Chocolate, chocolate uh, yes. Dykes is fine with me. <laughs> They're a more chocolate version of a Klondike. Okay, <laughs> he just basically uh, once people have disappeared and been killed, and they talk to this Native American dude, Kurt Russell, uh, Matthew Fox, Patrick Wilson, uh, and uh, the deputy—I don't know who this dude is—they uh, set off to go and track these people down. They're gonna make a travel, and what would take them five days? Take five days. They're gonna have to do it in three. Now, mind you, did you catch two background characters? Which one of them I did? The other one I didn't. First one, I Michael noticed, Perrier. I noticed Mike, um, fuck, uh, principal from Back to the Future. I yes, and, uh, it's the piano okay. player. Yeah, yeah yes. well, I wasn't. Yeah, I was gonna say Michael Perrier shows up in this, and I didn't know. Oh no, I'm glad I didn't see him. I don't like that guy at all. I would have been like, he, I looked it up. He shows up for like whole 10 seconds. But the mayor, did you notice who that was? And Tristan Gnarly Martin pointed it out and I told him, I was like, yep, I, as soon as I seen him, I was like, holy shit. Oh no, I didn't notice. I, I just looked it up. No, I didn't notice that was him. Yeah, Jameson Newlander, who was one of the Lost Boys. Yep. The Frog Brothers. Yeah, he's one of the Frog Brothers. He was the mayor. Nice. And, the mayor's I wife thought... was Paget Brewster. I don't know yeah. who that is. <laughs> no, no, I did. <laughs> uh, see, there you go. I mean, everybody has their little niche in here. They know, you know, somebody in this, and that was really cool. But then it becomes a road trip movie. And yet, this is where I think the people's arguments come in, that it's boring. I found it interesting, because the whole point was is Patrick Wilson's character cannot keep up. That You've got is... a busted leg from falling off a roof. Yeah, and that is part of the storyline, and that was what, I mean, is it the best movie? No, but I felt like this was a key part. I understood why they fleshed this out. This made sense, but what really gets good is when they finally, like, find the trail where these, whatever they are, uh, where they go into and they find the cave, just they get Fucked up. Arrows coming into arms and like half of animal skulls being thrown and like cutting Matthew Fox's arm almost in half and just they start getting fucked up and know that they are in for a beating of a lifetime. And they go up to go up to the cave. They they well, I was going to say they knock get knocked out and they get taken up to the cave and they put into the prison and they find out where the other deputy is. And the deputy gets stripped and cut straight down the middle, kind of cannibal Holocaust style. Mm-hmm. And that was just, it was great. I enjoyed this. I liked it. I think this is one of the few times that whether, you know, it just see it just, the villain, even though they weren't Indians, just how badass, they just were basically like cavemen. Subhumans. Yeah, like Neanderthals that just, Froze, you know, have thawed out, and they are just fucking up humans. And it was cool to see the two females, their legs and their arms cut off, and got sticks sitting in their fucking eyeballs. And all they are used is to get pregnant, and that's it. And basically, they all, they just 
like I said, outside of troglodytes, don't even really give them a name, but basically just make them badass motherfuckers. And the whole point is, yes, everybody's going to die in this. And you have Patrick Wilson basically feverish and just crawling in, saves them after, you know, he saves his wife. They get going and all is left in the cave is fucking Kurt Russell with his fucking whiskey bottle stuck in his stomach <laughs> and his shit all fucked up, shot up, and he just, you know, you get to hear the gunshots in the end. I thought it was simple. I liked the story. I, I just enjoyed the movie overall. And somebody else was uh, telling me, they were commenting, they were like, basically Kurt Russell gets humiliated in this movie. And it was like, well, yeah, I, I had no problem with that. I mean, yeah, I love Snake Plissken too, and I like McCrady, but I'm sorry. This is not that Kurt Russell type of dude. Yeah, this isn't Kurt Russell. This is Kurt Russell pushing 70 now. That's, that's so sad. (laughs) Yeah, but it's just the character in general. It was to the plot. It, it's one of the few westerns that we've seen made that put like anything tight. Most of the time when you see most western movies, made most of the time indians or native americans are made as stupid people very few movies go out of their way to make them smart unless it's uh what is it uh outlaw josie wales uh dances with wolves very few movies go out of their way to show uh basically native americans were just as smart if not smarter and i thought that made it like okay this is even people that are even different than Native Americans. Native Americans don't even want to deal with this. But this was something that I felt was more believable than a lot of the Westerns that are being made now. But, you know, you don't know if this ever happened or not. But it's it's reasonable. I could see something like this happening. And that was why I liked it. I enjoyed it for what it was. And plus, I thought Kurt Russell was pretty cool in it. I liked Matthew Fox, surprisingly, in this. I don't like him in a whole lot. I liked his character. Uh, Patrick Wilson, who I thought was going to end up just being a whiny bitch through the whole thing. I kind of like what they did with his character in the end. It was a decent movie, and I really liked it. I give it three out of four stars. And I will say this. It's no Hateful Eight. No, it's the direct opposite of the Hateful Eight in the Western genre. It's its polar opposite, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no. Dano yeah, dead? I, Did Dano die? Dano. That or he fell asleep. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he thought you died. No. He thought you died. I yeah. thought he fell asleep. No, my dog just went outside. Anyway, all right. No, I yeah, it was it was fucking fantastic. Everything Tim pretty much nailed everything wonderful about it. Uh, I will agree the one long part where they're out on the trail only felt long because the conflict the characters all had with each other got repeated. Yes. Like, I shouldn't be here. Yeah, you shouldn't be here. I'm going to do this. And then, okay, we're going to do this. Oh, you shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. And then just, we've been through this. Yeah. But, you know, it it paid off the second time. And I, yeah, the, the, I really liked how uh, the the expert on the natives, who what they were. Uh, that's the guy who's Hanzi in Fargo season two, and I liked how he was like a college professor or something. Yes, and you know, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't racist really against 
native peoples. It was just sort of like there's just these things that are out there, and I and you know it, it sort of took the idea of like we we know that like the apocalypto things went on. We knew we know about there's there was weird crazy cannibal savages down in South America and Central America, but like it, just the idea like well, what if that was here? What would that be like? And just the way they disguise themselves to be part of the desert and their fucking cool predator likeness was just fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, all the performances were amazing. I I I didn't find it boring. I thought it was a really engaging western. I sometimes have issues with westerns just because I really don't care about that part of history, but this one really just grabbed me right away, like we said, for the opening scene, and all the other characters they introduced were great, and, like, Matthew Fox is just kind of mysterious and interesting, and it was just, it was fantastic, and, like, the other movie we watched is another Western, and and everything that I didn't like about that movie, this movie did in spades, and, I don't know, it was just, it was, it was a good follow-up to Hateful Eight for me, personally. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I will say Hateful Eight is a better movie, but I did enjoy Bone Tomahawk. I, I understand what, um, this dude was saying to me. It is a little boring and it is like you were saying, uh, once they get in that road trip period, they go over that a couple of times and it's like, okay, there's your argument right there, but everything else, I, it just, I can't see how you complain about it. It just, it was a good setup. I thought it was a solid movie all the way around. Tim, let me ask you a question here. Asylum, do you remember talking about a movie called Asylum Blackout? No. Okay, um, what was the movie with the Asylum, with Larry Drake? Yeah. As like a crazy Asylum dude, and then there's a, there's a blackout, and he goes around killing people? We talked about it on the show before. Dr. Giggles. No, unfortunately. No, it's not no. Dr. Giggles, no. Dark Man 3, Return of Durant. No, unfortunately. <laughs> no, there's a movie out there with Larry Drake where he's in an asylum and it goes, a blackout happens. Uh, written by the same guy who wrote Bone Tomahawk. Huh. Yeah, that, that was fucking weird. Yeah. Didn't know that. But, I, I yeah. Uh, this movie, to me, came real close. Real close. To me saying, Jesus Christ, get the fuck on with it. And when I say that about a movie, fucking it's over. Like, I don't, I'm not gonna, like, <coughs> waste my time waiting for this movie to get going. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it did have some problems with me with the pacing. Like, you know, that's why I don't like Suspiria and shit like that, because at some point I've gotta go, or, or the beyond, I've gotta go, Jesus Christ, get the fuck on with it. This, this movie did almost hit that point. I think it did hit that point. I liked it. I love the fact that the this was uh, directed by a writer. And he wrote it, and he directed it. This guy named uh, Craig Z. Saller. Daler, yeah, I've never like heard of that Asylum Blackout, dude. Um, well, he wrote that. Unless if it was under a different title. I, I'm looking at it now. I don't believe I've seen that. Well, uh, anyway. Uh, I love his attention to, like, how they spoke in the Old West. I think that shine Like, the dialogue in this movie is great. It's not like... No, I'm not seeing Larry Drake in it, either. Yeah, I know. That's what I looked. Every movie should have Larry Drake in it. For <laughs> but anyhow, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, like, this... I I like it because it's, it's a cowboy movie, and I love that they're coming back. I mm -hmm. think... Thank you, 
Tarantino, and I hate saying that for maybe kind of, you know, giving the Westerns the shot in the arm because if there's one genre of movie that is pretty much truly dead, it's Westerns. I mean, you get maybe one or two a year. And now this year we've got this and Hateful Eight, The Revenant is kind of a Western. Mm-hmm. And, and they're coming back, and I, I like them. But it's very slow. Goddamn, the bad guys were fucking great. I love the little bone that they had. They stick in the hole in their throat and with the whistles and shit. That was really cool. But uh, that ending, holy shit. Man, Kurt Russell, I felt bad for you, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kurt Russell gets a death like I have never seen. Oh, yeah, he gets jacked. And that part where they fillet the guy up the middle? Yep. Hard to watch. Cannibal Holocaust style. Super fucking hard to watch. Mm-hmm. And I, I, this is one awesomely casted fucking movie. But I, th- I, I just think the best part about this movie is Sid Haig anchors it for five minutes, and I think that's fucking great. And <laughs> I don't know why. I just turned it on, and my heart fucking swelled. I'm like, holy shit, Sid Haig's in this motherfucker. But yeah, Matthew Fox is like the fucking the dandy, like the <laughs> fucking Texas dandy kind of dude. It's a good movie. I don't think I'll go back to it soon, but I would recommend it. Yeah, I just I really liked it because and Kurt, it, you know, Kurt Russell. Hey, the the slow the slowness of it wasn't to me slowness. It was they actually took the time to develop all of the characters before they went out on their adventure. Then you got to know them more as they went out on it. But you know, none of these characters were truly expendable. Like most these right. fucking horror movies we watch, like you don't they're not. That would be two-dimensional, because who cares? But, like, you felt bad when any person in this movie died, and that was because you got to know them, because you were spending yeah. time with them. And you, it may have felt like it too long to you, but I get that. That's fine. But it's just that was, you know, I thought that was a very well-done way of doing this. Yeah, it's it's okay. I, I liked it. I wanted to like it a lot more. I think it's definitely, it was, it was, what movie did we recently talk about, Tim, that was, compl- oh, Crimson Peak. Completely yes. misrepresents this movie. Like, the advertising and stuff. Yeah. It was billed as, like, a, a horror western. It's not. There's, like, 5% horror in this western movie. It's it's very yeah. much a hard western. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, Kurt, or Kurt Russell is very, like, Gary Cooper and High Noon in this movie. It's such not-a-him performance, and it, it kind of lets you know up front that he's not playing that character this time. And right. It's, it's very different for him, and it's great. Yeah, and I, I like I, I like the fact that this was probably a warm-up for Hateful Eight, maybe. But, hey. Yeah. <laughs> he had grow his mustache out oh, somewhere. Yeah. Hey, that guy, to me, he could probably grow that in, like, two days. He just thinks about it. <laughs> should, like, the man's DNA should be bottled and kept. <laughs> Like, you should be able to go to a clinic and get, like, Kurt Russell's DNA shot into your face so you can grow that facial hair like that. Anyway. Or just scrape out Goldie Hawn's vagina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about some fucking Hateful Eight. Nice. Go for it, Nano. Hateful Eight, sir.
got room for one more. They call him the hangman. When the handbell says dead or alive, the rest of us just shoot you in the back and up on top of perch somewhere and bring you in dead over a saddle. But when John Roof, the hangman, catches you, you hang. Get in, boys! This here is Daisy Domergue. She's wanted dead or alive for murder. When that sun comes out, I'm taking this woman to hang. Anybody here committed to stopping me from doing that? Well, well, well. Looks like Minnie's haberdashery is about to get cozy for the next few days. Yes, it does. One of them fellas is not what he says he is. Move a little strange, you're gonna get a bullet. Not a warning, not a question. A bullet. Now we're talking. In the late 80s, uh, one day at the video store, Quentin Tarantino and his future producer, writer, partner, Roger Avery, were playing Clue, I think, and watching a cowboy movie. And years later, The Hateful Eight came out. Yeah. Two great tastes that taste great together, kind of. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it, it's, a, it's a Quentin Tarantino western, meaning uh, the universe Sam Peckinpah invented in Billy the Kid or whatever that, you know... Point being, it's a very violent Western by Quentin Tarantino where people kind of just sit around and talk and then a lot of horribly violent things happen. And it all stems from Kurt Russell bringing uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, who's kind of this crazy wanted lady. Uh, he's, he's a bounty hunter. He's bringing her out through the woods. They run into... Uh, shit, what's his name? <laughs> John, it's John something. Well, they, yeah. run, they, uh, they run into Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, they... Sam Jackson first. Yeah, okay, I, yeah, duh, that's right. I thought the other guy was first. Anyway, throw into Samuel L. Jackson, who's very Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> and uh, then they all end up riding together. You get to know these characters, you know, kind of what side of the law they're on and how they all more or less would have a stake in this woman either getting away or not or them bringing her in. And then they run into that John guy that Quentin Tarantino casts and things that I don't really like. You don't like then, Walter, Walter Goggins? Yeah. I love that dude. He's a weird dude. He's a great, like, I like him when he shows up in big, stupid Hollywood movies like The Rise of Cobra. I'm like, all right, I don't really like yeah, that movie, sure. but this guy's awesome. I'll check it out for him. But anyway, so they all end up in a cabin together with Tim Roth and uh, Bruce Dern mm-hmm. and, and Michael, uh, Madsen. Michael Madsen and some other people. says there's eight. I think there's up Words of twelve of them. I'm really not sure. I lost count. Now, there was a, there was eight after they kill everybody, but they you learn that after. It's the hateful so and so. 
It, yes. It's the hateful eight, but it's three quarters it's, of the it's way. It's the battle the of the five armies disease, where it's just a number has been picked. Yeah, eight, but not really. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so it's then people just getting to know each other and like trying to just figure out who's who and what's what and how this woman's going to get out of this, and then and then blood curdling violence ensues. Yep. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally. Um, I don't know. I I. It's hard for me to judge this movie as just a movie. Because it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, and it goes out of its way to remind you it's his eighth movie. That's you know that was cute in the advertising, but that being on the credits, I thought was kind of uh, I don't know. He's annoying. very self righteous. Yeah, well, honestly, this is his tenth movie technically that he's directed because Kill Bill was two parts, which would be nine, and then he directed part of Four Rooms, which would be ten. Anyway, semantics. Um, I, I would have, I don't know, if this had been any, anybody else who had made it, I don't know I, if I would have liked it more, but it just, it, it just really felt like coasting to me from him. Like, it really felt like Reservoir Dogs in the Old West. It it exactly. was just more of him just having people yell the N-word because he can, and and then violence ensuing. And it, and it was real, it was very gorgeous, and there was lots of great performances. It was one of my favorite things Tim Roth has done since Reservoir Dogs, probably. Oh, I I love Tim Roth, but all he was doing here was channeling uh, Christoph Waltz because he probably could, was doing something. Oh else. no, yeah, exactly. And he looked exactly like him too mm-hmm. from Django, more or less. Yeah. So I guess I can stand Tim Roth when he channels Christoph Waltz. But no, it just this movie really felt like there was that. There was he looked like that. But it felt like Reservoir Dogs. There, it felt like there was even speeches that had kind of been given before in other movies. It just really felt like the best of Quentin Tarantino, but set in the Old West movie. It, you know, the way he worked himself in as a character in the movie was weak, and then it just, of course, then eventually gets structured in being flashbacks, like every Quentin Tarantino movie. And he, just, it just, it just, I, 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 I have friends who love Quentin Tarantino. They think this is one of his best. They think it's up there. I just find it incredibly middling, and I've seen him do all of this before. I'm with you. <laughs> and, and I yeah. was like, man, after a while, dude, there's three hours? Fuck you. Yeah. Yep. If John Carpenter made a three-hour-long movie, I'd be like, fuck you, dude. Uh, no movie should be fucking three hours. I don't care how self-righteous you think you are, Quentin Tarantino. But there yeah. were some stuff I liked in this movie. Of course, Kurt Russell being John Wayne. Who, who's not gonna like that? I know, but, but how many times has he done that? He did it in Big Trouble in Little China, and he made the greatest movie of all time. I know, but he's that's I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> I, I like the fact uh, that he checked out early. Yeah, I was like, okay, but man, god damn it, get on with it. I know you probably want to blow fucking Samuel L. Jackson. And there's a really like oh, I can handle all the violence, but that that flashback with Samuel L. Jackson telling the story about how he killed uh, Bruce Dern's son, and he made him yeah. trip him naked, and then he made him he made him blow on my giant Negro dingus. Yeah. I love the kept saying dingus. Yeah, I thought that was funny, but uh, come on, you know, dick and fart jokes are not your forte, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Uh, and it just felt like a really bad play, like because yeah. they were just walking around the one room and like, what are all these other characters doing? Well, you guys are just talking loudly like this for twenty minutes. Fucking Michael Madsen was there for three days, maybe. Yeah, doing nothing. Just he sat in a corner for the entire. Well, season. I was gonna say that dude. The only reason he is still there, one, he is a bad man is, in real life. 
Yes, he's crazy to begin with. Tim can attest to that. He's they've been drink. Yeah, he they he's drinks. He's doing everything known to man, and he's been with Tarantino from the beginning. Like Michael now, Madsen's per- character in Reservoir Dogs. That's no character. Yeah, that's, really that's him. him in real life. Yeah, we saw it, we we saw him what threaten to throw a guy out of a hotel window. Yes. Nice. Yeah, this, this guy's fucking nutbag. Yeah, he he that. It, yeah, he is nuts. But I enjoyed the movie. I I liked it. It's what I want out of a Quentin Tarantino movie. Huh? I it was what I exactly expected. It was yeah, that's the bad part for me. It's exactly what I expected out of him. And, and, and I mean that's fine. If you didn't like it, I'm cool with that. I enjoyed it for what it was. Again, it's a western. I liked it. Yes, he does. Uh, threw around the N-word a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think, Just yes. Just because you can, don't mean you should, don't, Quentin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. But I, I just enjoyed the movie. Uh, I'm a big Jennifer Jason Lee fan. I oh. like Kurt Russell. I did like, like you said, Kyle, I am glad Kurt Russell died in the middle of the film. Mm-hmm. Reason is not because... That's when the movie picked up for me. Yeah, well, I was going to say, it eliminates that, okay, so Kurt Russell's going to be the hero. You know what I mean? It's one of those things, because Kurt Russell, especially because Kurt Russell has never been, uh, Quentin Tarantino, uh, like some filmmakers, have their set people and what they do. In every film, you know what they're going to end up doing. There's nothing wrong with that. John Carpenter does the same thing. No, and I'm saying that. There isn't. But it was cool. You bring in this big-time dude, uh cool actor like Kurt Russell come in and pretty much you kill him halfway through the movie. It's not executive decision with Steven Seagal, but it is makes a point uh, of killing off a main character quickly. And I liked it. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that. That's why I think, you know, that, that I don't in think enough. Movies do. No, that's our, that's my major bitch with the walking dead. Yeah. Kill fucking Rick. It becomes a better show. Kill, like, yeah, you. That's why I like Game of Thrones. They do that all the time. Uh, just, it just, just this movie. Yeah. Could it have been edited down? Oh, yes, yeah. I'll listen to your argument on that. But it's just another one of those Quentin Tarantino look at all the movies I know about that I'm gonna ape. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the thing is obvious. Whether it's the soundtrack or the scene when they're banging the... The soundtrack the was pretty freaking awesome in this, mm-hmm. though. Wait, I, I like the music, but I'm just saying, I, I am, he, yeah, the thing was a big one he did, but you know what? I enjoyed the movie. I liked did it you, for what it was. I had, I had fun watching it. Did you get the vibe that this was just the blood test from the thing extrapolated into three hours in the Old West? That's what I was thinking through the whole fucking movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would have broke it down completely like that. I was thinking more of just all of them basically turning on each other in general mm-hmm. and being trapped in one place. Uh, I wouldn't boil it down to the blood test, but yeah, being trapped in one area, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, again, I enjoyed it. But yeah, I, I'm willing to listen to arguments. Is it a perfect movie? No. I'm not going to be one of those people who go on Facebook and say, yes, this is movie of the year. This yeah. is four stars. But I'm yeah. also not going to be one of those people either get on there and basically, you know, 
before it is ever seen, sit there and say, oh, this movie's an abomination. And it just, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I like, I I like this just a little bit more than Bone Tomahawk. But the thing is, I mean, is there, could there be a more perfect movie made? Probably. But no one's going to be able to do it because Tarantino's name's not connected to it. Right. His name comes with so much baggage. Yeah. Yeah. And he's one of those guys that gets like the fucking Stanley Kubrick treatment. Just go do what you want. And I don't think he's that good. I just think he's really good at at, at aping other people. <laughs> and you know what? He's making a ton of money doing yeah, it. And it's like nobody in Hollywood's afraid to call him out on it. I don't. I don't get it. But you know, it did have some good parts. I love Zoe Bell. I loved her when she yeah. showed up. Uh, the bad part. Uh, you don't introduce a dude in the third act, which <laughs> they did in this movie. Channing Tatum. Yeah. Yeah, his name's in the credits at the beginning, but I, I, and then it just feels real weak. Yeah, yeah, I, I really feel like, uh, to me, and I, I could be totally off of this, it seemed like somebody else was supposed to play that role. Oh, no, I think Channing Tatum was supposed to play that role. See, I, to me, it just felt like somebody else was supposed to play that role. Tarantino, whoever well, had... John Wayne, maybe. It, 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 whoever was supposed to basically the studio was like, Hey, we have this person. You know, no, because whoever he had was not able to. Yeah, it was, I'm not going to, uh, it sounds like I'm, I'm down on it. it <coughs> I mean, it was okay. Yeah. I knew what I was getting into when I go in. I'm not a Quentin Tarantino fan. His best is, yeah. is, I don't know. I, I, I liked it. I like it. I like it more than most of the movies I saw this year. Oh. Honestly, you know, yeah. it, it's not, but it just it didn't grab me the way other films of his has, and it didn't. I don't openly detest it the way I openly detest some of his films. It was it was fine. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Like then I saw Bone Tomahawk, and I was like, well, this is how you write a fucking western, uh-huh. and this is what this is what characters are. You know, it's not just like here's this black bounty hunter who improbably exists, and then now we have an excuse for everyone to use the n word and just. It just it just felt lazy. I don't know. Just like my review I just did just then. <laughs> there you go. That, that's a very fair assessment. A very lazy movie. Yeah, I I know he smokes weed all day every day, and it shows. I think in this movie a lot. And if he's only if he's supposedly only making two more movies and then he's done, I if this is all he's going to do is just keep kind of making the same thing, then good, make two more and be done. You, you made some really great movies. Thank you for those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I've got. Anybody else got anything to say about fucking Hateful Eight? Nah, it was gory as hell. All I got to say is dingus! Dingus, yeah, dingus. <laughs> I, hope, I, did, I hope this movie brings that into the American lexicon. I, I, I did want to know, was there some kind of something we were missing that half of the people would get killed, their brains are being blown all over Jennifer Jason Lee's face? <laughs> did, you, did you pick up on that or was it just me? I didn't know like like the first the only thing I thought about Jennifer Jason Lee was wow it's good to see her back she still gives me a boner yeah and I I thought she was a great character and I thought she was funny as shit when they were beating the fuck out of her yeah like not only does Quentin Tarantino hate black people I think he probably hates women too mm-hmm. <laughs> but it just struck me as funny and then I was like ooh was I supposed to laugh at that 
Because, like, Kurt Russell viciously beats the shit out of her numerous times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and she's missing teeth by the end of the movie, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's good to see her back again. Anyway, Tim. Yes, sir. What are you sir. doing next week, sir? I'm doing, since it's going to be a new year, started out right, I want to do Inside, finally. Oh, you're not saving that for Mother's Day? Nope, I want to do it for New Year's. Okay, that's first fair. <laughs> Good fucking movie, man. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, bootleg Belladonna. Uh, where? In that movie, inside. Oh yeah. And I wanted to ask you this earlier. Uh, Martyrs is remade? Question mark. <laughs> when did this happen? Uh, it doesn't matter. All right, this is true. Um, next week, I am going to be doing The Day After from yes. 83, I think, made for TV movie with Gutenberg. About, oh. About nuclear holocaust. Yeah. yeah I, I remember I, I, watching I, that and being terrified as a child. Uh, according to that 80s documentary, you and everyone else. Yeah, we, we, I remember I found this movie, who about a year and a half ago, we talked about it on the podcast, just like briefly, because it was one of the movies I watched that week, but it wasn't one of our main ones. And I remember you were interested in it then, when I was talking about it. Yeah, I finally found a really good, cleaned up copy, and it's on YouTube. Yeah, it just, within the past year, I think it just finally got released on DVD. I thought it was Which, a Warner Archives thing for a while. Um, I think it was, but it's one of the few that I think quickly disappeared for one reason or another. Maybe. Um, it was a TV movie, and even the VHS tapes were very, very scarce. Mm-hmm. And that was about the only way you've seen it. Yeah. So that's my pick next week. Uh, Dano, what can you pimp, sir? And thank you for coming back on. Yeah, thank you, Dano. Thank you for having me. Everyone's turning into static from my side. I don't know Uh-oh. what it sounds like. Anyway, anyways, I'm on the Wayne Gale Variety Hour. It's a podcast. It's back. It's pretty good. It's on iTunes and Stitcher and at cartoonistconspiracy.com slash sushi podcast. That's its confusing website. And, and yeah, we have a couple new episodes. We did a 2016 review. 2016 is going to be awful. Good luck. And uh, we'll have a 2015 year in review hopefully next week. I would like which to hear will that. Be Months ago in the future when this comes out. True. Tim, what do you got to pimp? <laughs> of course, you can always find me here at Bloodbass and Boomsticks talking to cool people like Dano uh, and Kyle. And you could always find me at GrossMovieReviews.com. And if you want to start your new year right, go to Lulu.com, order my book, uh, Wrath of Gross, Gross Movie Reviews right now. It cures AIDS. Yes, according to Ed Quinley. Mm-hmm. Space AIDS. Space AIDS and herpes. John Matuzak once told me that it is the only cure for space aids, herpes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't have anything to pimp. Uh, our website is bloodbasspodcast.blogspot.com. You can find all of our old episodes there, or at least links to them. Anyway, next week, uh, baby murdering and nuclear holocaust. Woo! Two great tastes that are great together. Dano, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Tim. Yeah, thank you, Dana. A pleasure as always, and we are out of here. Turn out the lights. The party's over. They say that all good things must end. Call it a night. 
the part is over And tomorrow starts the same old thing again Gordon's alive! Bullets! Fist! Turn back to drink it long! Bullets! Gordon's alive! Who wants to live forever? Bullet! Fuck it! Totten 14, die! Go for it, my son! Go for it, my daughter! Shot right. Oh, what's the chicken? <laughs> Bullets! Go around the roundabout. Bullets! 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 Because he is known as a phantom farter. He should shut his mouth and give his ass a shot. <laughs> I'm going to put the chat set in the pile. Tell me. He puts jewelry in his penis and he puts jewelry on his belly button. Who do you choose to fight? Fuck you sideways, you fucking boring fucking whore, fuck off you cow!